and welcome to episode 7 of GameSpot After Dark. This is GameSpot's official gaming podcast. I'm your host, Jake Decker. And I'm here with Tamor. Hello. We were watching you there like, where's he going to go? I wasn't sure where I was going to go. <laughs> Kelly Plaguey. Hi, it's me. And Kurt Indovina. That is I. Ooh, wow! New sound. What's that? <laughs> Vaguely asmr Yeah. Uh, Kurt, tell us a little bit about yourself. Wait, you have wait, you wait, to wait, frame wait, that wait, question wait, wait. properly. I I will. That's the that, oh, that's that the, the follow up question. That's the follow up. Okay, this is okay. just the introduction. Okay. What a wide opened start. My name is Kurt. I don't know how to juggle. This is good. Good All facts. Right. Good <laughs> facts. <laughs> Straight facts. I never facts. learned, <laughs> and I don't know if I want to learn. But I am a host and writer here at Gamespot. And I'm working on a show called True Fiction. And, and by the time this episode goes up, they won't have to wait very long to watch that show, will they? No, because it's going up Sunday, September 22nd at 10 a.m. Pacific time. Mm. Mm. Say that with question. I'm from the eastern eastern shores. Yeah. So I'm always like, but specific. <laughs> the other shore, the western shores. Specific time? Yes. But that's who I am. I'm Kurt, and uh, I twiddle my thumbs. I like oh. Mr. Bean. <laughs> Like, I, yeah. I can't juggle. <laughs> <laughs> the show is very good. Um, Mr. Bean or <laughs> yeah, Mr. Like Bean like and, and, true and True Fiction. Uh, yeah, Lu- um, Lucy mentioned it. We talked a little bit about it last week. This is um, basically an, a plug for ourselves. Yeah, right now. And much, I mean, also, I mean, it's just True Fiction or not. It's just a huge honor to even be here. So even if even if I do only just talk about True Fiction, I'm still just happy to exist alongside <laughs> people whom I like. Aww. Well, we're well excited. this is a video game podcast. We only talk about games here. Well, that's then we're not, not going to talk about that's your not true Shut it down. That's not true. But uh, whenever we get a new guest on, we have a section, and it is called, are you ready for it? The Chris from Dayton, Ohio segment. Chris. There it is. I mean, oh. It's okay. We had Ben Pack on last week, and poor Jean-Luc had to cut out a lot of F-words. And then when he was done, Lucy was like, well, I could just mark it as explicit. And I'm like, oh, my God, poor Jean-Luc. But anyway, this. so the story behind this is Chris from Dayton, Ohio, one of the first person who uh, sent us a question was like, what? Ooh. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. He, He was like, I don't know who the hell any of you are. I loved it. It was literally like, I don't know who you people are. And yeah. I was like, that's fair. Mm. I don't know who I am. So Respect. tell tell me what kind of games you play. So tell us what kind of games you play. What's what's a genre or game that you will buy no matter what when it comes out? What are games you always come back to? I have a, uh, I have a thing for adventure games, specifically point and click adventure games. Mm. We, we've talked about some of these. Yes. That was, that was, uh, it was a, I grew up, like with it embedded in my family, so thankfully I was privileged enough to have a family that was also into gaming. Favorite point and click adventure game of all time? Now go. What's Grim Fandango? But I wouldn't actually consider Grim Fandango well, point and click adventure game. This? Ben Jenka. Oh, oh yes. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Okay. So actually, the first day, my first day here in the office, before I was kind of introduced to everybody, I saw the box to Grim Fandango on Ben's desk. And I was like, whose desk is that? And Lucy was like, that's Ben's. And that's... I just marched right up to him without being introduced to him. I was like, hey, I'm Kurt. You're Ben. Grim Fandango is my favorite game of all time. I see the box on there. And there's like this like this explosive moment between then us kissed. both. And then we kissed. <laughs> and now we have, uh, we're, we're expecting. <laughs> oh, <what laughs> I'm, I'm pregnant. Um, <laughs> but I mean, uh, Grim Fandango isn't technically a point and click. It's good old tank controls, the only way. Mm-hmm. The only, my favorite kind of controls. <laughs> uh other than that um 
There's a lot of great point and click games that came that have come out in recent years that I love. Uh, specifically, point and click one being the Dream Machine. I love that game. Um, went a little under the radar. Mm-hmm. It's a great game. People should know about it. Anyways, but adventure games. Uh, I have learned to accept that I really love story driven games. And what do you mean, learn to accept? Uh, because there's this, you know, this tug and war of you know what what I seek in a game and mm-hmm. what I like in a game, and you know the the difference in there's this thing where sometimes some I will come to accept that in certain games there's certain people who don't like games unless they don't have action mm-hmm. and action can be defined in any ways I don't mean just like violence or shooting or it's just something but um, then there's this other category of games where it's more story driven or there's there's just there's so many it's 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 infinite yeah uh, and I've just come to accept over the like the, the most recent years of me like going out of my comfort zone and playing a series of games that I otherwise wouldn't normally gravitate to uh, for example like Gears of War mm-hmm. even though I do mm-hmm. I have did find an appreciation for that game but that wasn't naturally a game I would like go and seek out and hunt day mm-hmm. one mm-hmm. Um, but after like going on this self discovery journey <laughs> type of games I'm loving the switch to your ASMR voice yes. periodically <laughs> I might do that now just wait till you, oh. yeah. Just wait till True Fiction comes out. And see <laughs> the, the many sides and, and creatures that are that is Kurt. But uh, I've just learned and accepted that my I love narrative driven, story driven games. Mm. Um, that doesn't mean just because there's a story means I'm gonna like it, of course. Mm. But like when looking at my favorite games of all time, it's like Grim Fandango, Deadly Premonition. Um, uh, wow! Am I having a moment? Nine nine nine. Well, nine 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 is up there. I mean, Bloodborne is one of my favorite games of all time, and Resident cool. Evil Four and Half Life Two, and like you know, it's uh, you can go, you can talk about Resident Evil Four's plot and it's in a myriad of ways, but <laughs> that game still has uh, like very good storytelling, driving elements to it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very, it was one of the first, not one of the first, but it was just that next level realistic cinematic look to oh, it. Oh, yes. And I think that's what it, what it was. Especially because I remember getting that on GameCube when it first came out and just being blown away by how that game looked and played. <laughs> and even though the story is kind of nonsense, just the, the the presentation there was just so far ahead of its time. Yes. There's a lot of games where the story is nonsense, but it's still just ace. Yes. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's, that's what I meant by like learning. Ex- You've learned. Like, yeah. yeah. Like the things that I truly value in loving games, especially as like... Uh, like through the past year of exposing myself to as many different games to try and get out of my comfort zone and be like, no, I love, this is what I love. Deadly mm-hmm. Premonition's back out and like, this is what I love. Yeah, and this there is, is an element of like feeling that you need to play a certain type of game to yes. be mm-hmm. part, because some conversations are the loudest conversations. And if you want to be part of, you know, the industry and be part of that conversation, you kind of do, I can understand how people might feel pressured to seek out specific types of games yeah. to yes. be like no there's not a massive com- like if you go on twitter right now chances are it's more likely they'll be discussing the latest action game than the indie you know point and click adventure yes. game mm-hmm. and if you want to be part of a conversation then you're kind of pushed in that direction so and that's like where reaching, that came from yeah and reaching the stage where you're comfortable in being like hey i just want to play this kind of game i know that i like this type of game i appreciate the other one but i'm naturally going to gravitate towards this like accepting that is mm-hmm. I think everyone has that to some degree. Yeah, I I get what you're saying now. Like I have that with like like sim games or yes. ma- management sims and yes. stuff like that, where you're like, I could talk about this all day, but no one wants to hear me do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you'd be surprised. I mean, there's a <laughs> huge audience for that. Because yeah. I mean, but this like playing Control recently was a good stark reminder for me. But like, this is the type of game I love. Like, mm-hmm. it does have a it has the most brilliant balance of action story but like really at the root of it when i walk away from that game as good and satisfying the action is i like walk away f- 
thinking about the narrative yeah. or like mm-hmm. maybe the lack of in a way and like its characters and the way it builds upon itself through personalities and replaying deadly premonition uh has reminded me of that like there's just certain parts in that game where i'm just like this is what i love i love mm-hmm. these parts like these calmer parts maybe uh but there's always a balance that you need yeah it's nice to like be reminded mm-hmm. of that especially in our jobs where we do have to play a lot of different things and like it's important for our jobs to get out of our comfort zone sometimes and play games we maybe mm-hmm. wouldn't gravitate towards Sometimes it's nice to just be like, yeah, this is that shit I do like. Yeah. I walked away from control thinking, damn, Professor Darling got abs. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> yes. I haven't gotten to Ooh. that. Uh, oh, fine, everyone will get there. Well, it's kind of like hidden away, isn't it? It's one of those. Oh. It's a little bit. It's, oh, yeah. I am very thorough. It's but, definitely yeah. not out like over. Like I think yeah, I found yeah, yeah. it after the fact. Speaking of control, though, Callie, what have you been playing this week? Well, I've been playing Control. Um, well, Still not done yet, so be careful. I'm still not done. Say. So uh-huh. I've just gotten to containment, and I uh, I did a, uh, the last thing I did was the clock's threshold, but I died, and I got kicked back like a little while, so I went to bed, but I've been derailed because I'm also reviewing Sayonara Wild Hearts, so that's the main thing I've been devoting my Ooh, time to. Which I'm so excited about solely because of who's making it. Yeah, so... Well, why don't, yeah, that's a good segue. Why don't you talk oh, about that? Oh, I mean, you're talking about what you oh, want. Oh, I just, uh, um, I just expressed by the my time, excitement about it. Oh, um, by the time this podcast goes up, the review will be published and you can read it. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's, I'm very, uh, high strung, <laughs> a very high strung person. And I'm very, I'm, I'm very much a perfectionist. And it was very hard for me to get into Sayonara Wild Hearts because, it's that it, it's a game where you just kind of have to like go with the flow of it. Like it's just, you know you're moving to the music, you're collecting hearts through these tracks, and you know avoiding obstacles. And it's mostly just like moving side to side, and you know occasionally doing a timed input to the rhythm of the song. And I was just kind of like I have to get every collectible and get every yeah. heart and all this stuff. And I think once I finally let go of that, I really got into the flow of the game. And then um, I did go back and I've now gotten gold rank on every level. And I'm now collecting all of the extra collectibles in every level. That's fine. Um, <laughs> but I, uh, I'm i really enjoying, like the, the thing I enjoy about the replaying, like I, I, sh- I wish I had not been so focused on score and like achieving when I was playing it through the first time. Um, mm. now that I'm replaying stuff, I can really get into the groove of the song. And there's yeah. like one level in particular called uh Death It's not Death by Night. Death It's it's a, a level where you're like it's a kind of like a mini boss where there's a uh three-headed wolf creature mm. that you're avoiding. Game. And the song just is so good and like the sequences are timed. I mean, this is true for the whole game. The sequences are timed to the music. So you'll do like a really intense thing during like a bass drop and then you'll go back into like an easier, like a breezier section during the, you know, verses. And um, that level in particular with the the three-headed wolf thing, I was just like, that was the first level. I was like, I'm going to replay this to get gold rank because I just am obsessed with this song. and I'm obsessed with the way the the boss comes into view during the really intense part of the song. Um, and so I really like it. It's, uh, you know, I 
because of scheduling stuff, um, other reviews have gone up already, and you got I. A lot I on your plate. Yeah, I do have a lot on my plate. I don't really. I I, I definitely don't rev- uh, read other reviews before I write my review. I've just mm. been seeing stuff on Twitter, trying to avoid it, but I do see a lot of people. Um, giving it really really high praise and i don't know if i would go that far um this game this isn't its first release correct no it is it is mm-hmm. okay so it, i just feel like i've seen the development of this game for so long and it could just be because i'm a fan of simogo mm-hmm. uh who made the game because mm-hmm. they did the game year walk which is a, another point click <laughs> <laughs> but it's a damn good one um and i'm just so uh i'm i'm personally looking forward to this solely because the games they make have solely been uh phone-based iPhone usually exclusive uh, games taking advantage of how you would design and present a game on a phone. Mm-hmm. So when I saw this one, I was like, I was shocked to see Samogo was making it. And I was super pumped at the idea of just them being behind it. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited for it. Yeah. Um, or at least just to try it. Yeah. I think like for me, I think it'll speak to different people in different ways. Like I think you, there's one reading of it where you could say it's about heartbreak um, or about like recovery from heartbreak. Or it's about you could just take it very literally, and it being about overcoming, you I didn't know, know an that obstacle. Angle to it. Yeah. It, so this is something that um, when I got the code for it from from the, the the publisher, I they were like, okay, there's a really big spoiler at the end of the game, and like, don't talk about it till the game is out. Well, it's uh, not like a story spoiler; it is a who is in the game spoiler, hmm. and I will say it. If you really don't want to know, skip ahead 10 seconds. But Queen Latifah is the narrator. <laughs> <laughs> this is what sold me on the game. I was like, well. <laughs> Wait, really? Yeah, so she'll be, like, she'll be like, gold rank. Like when you rank up or whatever. It's That's so strange. It was such a strange. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, that is an exciting I spoiler. Yeah. I am sold. That's awesome. <laughs> I yeah. wanted to swear just now. I was so excited. <laughs> you can swear. You just can't say No, yet. I'm not going to do it. Blooming soul. You know. Kurt, what yes. have you been playing? I have been playing Control. <laughs> 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 and uh, more pathetically, maybe not, not to me, but uh, Deadly Premonition again. <laughs> How, not, so nothing did, pathetic about that. Did they fix... I heard some people saying the sound was kind of messed up. Yeah. So You were one Switch of the people release. who said that. Yes. So... Because the moment it was announced and I had a panic attack in the office when it happened. Uh, I, want it, I want it, the record, were... let the record show that Kurt looked like he was crying. Yeah, I, I thought he was went crying. blind. I, <laughs> I'm convinced that. Do you remember that day at all? I remember <laughs> that moment and like standing at my desk and having my arms up in the air and not knowing what to do. And I remember like stumbling over to the speed zone, which is the area where we watch our yeah. presentations in the office. And I remember just like coming over and locking eyes with Chastity and then like being like, ah, 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 and we were both like, ah, 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 and I didn't even know Chastity. <laughs> and I was like, could and, you guys hyperventilate somewhere else, yeah, please? And I know, and like, Tamora and I were like, could you please be quiet? We have to hear. <laughs> yeah, Kelly was like, can you, can you, she was like, shut up. No, not. <laughs> she was very politely like, you're very excited. Can you just calm down? I was like, uh, but it was one of those moments where me and Chastity like locked eyes. I didn't even know she had any interest in Deadly Premonition. She and loves it was, like, that Without game. any words, you knew it. Though, and it was right this there. moment her and I both were like, we know each other now. So, <laughs> um, anyways, but yes, there was, I downloaded the moment it was available. I was refreshing the eShop screen <laughs> and I got it at work and it worked fine, but it wasn't until I got home that, uh, yes, there was an audio issue. The It would start with like certain sound effects just coming and going very randomly and then it would just go silent. And sometimes it would come back and sometimes it wouldn't. And then the next day we came to the office and we reported on it, uh, thankfully. But 
I actually was really not convinced. I was not holding my breath that this game was going to get any support mm. past its launch, but they fixed it. Uh, it's completely fixed. I have not had an issue with it since. The only thing holding this version back now is that the frame rate during driving is really is slow, and I think it's one of those cases where the driving speed is tied to the frame rate. Are you playing docked and handheld? Both. Or? Okay, but, so it's the same. It's for an both. issue both. Mm. Um, and I it's think that's not, correct. The the frame rate. Yeah, and it. because the frame rate's low. Um, Sorry, I thought of a vine, and then I. That is not correct. Because according to the encyclopedia, <laughs> anyway, continue. I'm, I'm out of the loop. I'm, <laughs> out of I'm, I'm cutting that. So, <laughs> <laughs> but um, that's the only remaining issue is the the cars are abnormally slow. This the game. The cars were always slow in that game, but this time it's like it's uh, it's it's so slow that it's actually making it difficult to complete some of the races, which thankfully aren't necessary to finish the the main story of the game. But I do think this is the definitive port. Of this game. So if there's any version for anybody who's had a casual interest in this game over the years, this would be the one to get. And so it's yeah. Now that that audio yeah the audio issue has the, been fixed, yes. like now you can def- you can say yes. that very confidently. Yes. And I would just warn you, like the driving has always sucked, uh, and in a weird in a in a weird deadly premonition way, it only feels normal. <laughs> so that is how I describe Duncan Rampa to people. I'm always like, there's a lot. This game is janky to play. But that's what makes it yeah. so good. <laughs> I think that's just a part of the characteristic it's of just, that game. Yeah, it's just part of it. After uh, a while. There's no, like, there is, like, I've had a lot of people ask me on Twitter because they know how much of a fan I am, like, if this is the one to get and, you know, like, where they should begin. And the, the thing is, though, even if they were to go back to the 360 version, uh, that one has terrible controls. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> I think. I played it on. Yeah. Mm. And, it, and simply put, um, there is no good, there is no perfect way to experience deadly premonition and there shouldn't be because it's just simply how it was always always was and i'm not saying that the game is good because those faults i'm just saying that it's a part of that experience mm. along with it mm. so what are your thoughts on deadly premonition 2 oh my god don't even get me started all right tomorrow what have you been <laughs> <laughs> i actually do want to hear what you think about deadly premonition deadly premonition 2 i called it deadly premonition, premonition. I'm uh, well. It looks there's a lot of conspiracies behind that game. One of them being it could be a conclusion to D4, which was a technically unfinished Mm -hmm. Sweary game. Um, I personally have not done that much digging just yet. Uh, I know you can skateboard in it, which is pretty exciting. Mm -hmm. But I am over the moon, uh, so excited for all the deadly premonitions that I'll be finding. Is Is that a Switch exclusive? Yes. Yeah, okay. There are there are like there, I believe there are murmurs of its of it being a timed exclusive, but from what I understand, this is kind of like a bayonetta situation where um, it's like either it wouldn't have happened or yes, Nintendo exactly. would have. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I think uh, it's there's a part of me that doesn't like that sometimes something's just so great that I don't want a sequel. I don't want it to be continued, mm-hmm. and I even felt that way about Twin Peaks for a while. But Deadly Premonition, um, there's. There's a lot. There's so much history behind that game. Um, I mean, like the with the characters and the development of it that I think that there's just there's I would do anything to give that team and Sweary all the money they need to continue making games like that in general. Hmm. So you would say that it is ninja approved. I would say it is ninja approved. Video game ninja approved. Tomorrow, what have you been playing? <laughs> uh, do we want to explain that? Uh, Nah. I feel like we should. Yeah, we probably should. Yeah, so to explain that little soundbite there, that is actually Video Game Ninja, 
who is uh, one of our beloved, cherished members of our uh, GameSpot community. A prolific commenter prolific on commenter, the GameSpot website. Always even-handed, always generally positive, or even when expressing his dislike or um, kind of like so- disapproval of something, does it in a way that leaves you feel like this person isn't just complaining. This person yeah. has clearly got a genuine opinion. Really a beacon of good faith. Yeah. Positivity. The commenter that I wish all commenters could be modeled after. This mm. is the community we need to cultivate. Yeah. This is, this is, yeah, this is the, the, uh, the apex com- commenter. Um, always ends his uh, comments with something approved to go uh, with his video game Ninja. Damn it would skippy. be like, if it's Fire Emblem, it would be like, um doting teacher approved mm-hmm. or something like yeah. that if it's metal gay i'll be like sneaky snake approved yeah. and every time i see one it warms my heart and um yeah so yeah. he put together a little uh sound put a little sound us. bite for us to kind of help uh, well we asked him because we wanted to you know shine a spotlight on the the community members that we really really appreciate i i'm i'm always in news stories and despite what people will say you know a lot of people will say don't read the comments i do read the comments i read the comments, I read the comments i also too. comment back to all um, the comments yeah. as many comments as rightfully earned yeah and like some of them can be let's be honest a bit rubbish but i inevitably get to the point where i see a video game ninja um uh comment and i'm like i'm glad i did that because I got hair. The other ones. Honestly, are, the, seeing the familiar faces in the comments yeah. is really nice. The yeah. other one, the other favorite, personal favorite of mine is Old Gamer Dad. Old Gamer Dad's he's, great. Yeah. He's so good. <laughs> yeah. Um, I love him because he's like, he's also a moderator. Um, and he kind of like, in my mind, he's got that dad role. Yeah. But like every now and then he'll DM me about legal terms or yeah, something like that. He'll DM that. me yeah. too. He'll DM me being like, hey, just so you know, this review has these kinds of comments. And I'm like, thanks for the heads up. <laughs> That's <laughs> old, game. old Gamer Dad. Yeah. Old yeah, Gamer think, Shout out to Old Gamer Dad. Yeah. I think we'll try and highlight. Um, I think there's value. Yeah, we should start highlighting in, a community mm, member. I think there's a massive amount of value in being able to go into those trenches and mm. Interact and find the people who really care and yeah. are really and also, like, trying to be a part of the community. And also, there's a lot of value. And or like there's, I guess we we want to show appreciation to the people who are still there regardless of that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like and are still somehow untarnished by what the comments can become. Yes. Um, but yeah, shout out to those those people, and we, we'll do our best to kind of highlight the people who we really appreciate and respect in our com- commenting uh world yeah i would love to, to do that more would mm-hmm. you say that's ninja approved are you asking me no, I was, i'm, yeah, I'm or... saying it's video game ninja approved mm-hmm. but i was hoping he, he he approved the podcast so we're yeah good. Uh, he, i got a message from him where he uh where i asked him permission if we could use the phrase video game ninja approved um and he very graciously allowed us to do it video game ninja approved Thank you, Video Game Ninja. Bless Shout you, out to Video, video Game, Game Ninja. Ninja. And Big thank up. you, Old Gamer Dad. And Old Gamer Dad. And the ver- we'll, we'll, we'll go around. Yeah, we'll, don't we'll worry. Go around. We, we know you're out there. We're watching. Kelly, may I have another beer? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you bought them. Make sure uh, the, the, the crack of the can. Yeah, there Wait. you go. We've got to set up like an advert or something. Yes. What's, well, this, what's this beer called? Uh, Four Duff. Point. <laughs> Duff. <laughs> Four Point. Okay. Um, <laughs> when you're trying to prove a point, make sure you're drinking Four Point. Yeah. All right. There's our ads. <laughs> uh, tomorrow, what have you been playing? Yeah. Um, so, what have I been playing? I had to look at a list of stuff that I put down because I forgot. So, one <laughs> game I've games. been I've been playing a 
Did you say you have another game? No, 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 no. Oh, okay. No, I like I was I was admiring yeah, Kurt, that you had a list of games. Kurt I just wrote. Yeah, permission. Dot dot dot. I mean, because I pretty the moment I beat Control, I pretty much have only been playing. Okay, good. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, Remnant from the Ashes is one game I've been playing. I want to note that Tamora's Water Bottle is also Remnant from the Ashes. Yeah, <laughs> which um, is probably that shouldn't be a, a kind of indicator of how much I like the game or not. I just. Yeah. So Ben was on, Ben Pack was on last week and mm-hmm. he really likes that game. I, I, like to, I remember in this firstly, talking to you before and you were like, I'm not wild about this yeah, game. Yeah, I'm not wild about it. Firstly, I like to call him Ben Snack because, okay. yeah. That um, makes sense. Yeah. Checks out. So if, you, if you're out he's there, he's a just, whole damn meal. Yeah, he is a whole damn meal, but everyone should tweet at Ben Pack except call him Ben Snack. I'm sure it's happened plenty of times, but you know, it's nice. It's nice for him to know he's a snack. Um, but yeah, I'm, so the thing that I, so I, I spoke to Brad on the bombcast about it, um, and he was saying the shooting is super satisfying, and I agree with that. I think the shooting is really satisfying. Um, it feels good to shoot enemies in that game. Like I think it's a lot in the way they react to it. They like stumble, and mm-hmm. there's a really good sound, there's a crunch to it. Um, you get the feeling of like the heft of the weapon. Yeah, um, and this is developed by the team who um, Darksiders 3, did right? Darksiders Three, and Which has uh... ex Vigil people. I mean, Darksiders 3 started off uh, not great. It was a decent game. I think we ra- rated it pretty well. Um, and then it's been patched six. since. Yeah. I mean, uh, that yeah. means it's average, yeah. I guess. Um, I fine. Fine. Yeah. No, um, fair. Uh, fair. Fair, yeah. Fair, yeah. <laughs> I'm the reviews editor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's been patched since, and it's gotten a little bit better since then. Um, but yeah, it's, it's the Gunfire Games, I believe it is. Um, and... It's got a lot of their signature art style, but it also kind of the first area that you play in. It's probably the weakest in terms of visually. It's a very much like a we've got. Sorry, a, we gave Darksiders three a four. Ooh. Okay, four. That's poor. That's poor. Um, did, yeah. you say, did you just say you, we rated it? All right. Well, I mean, I, I, read I was. The I was. Spot, I, mean, so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was thinking back to uh, when it came out, um, and I, I thought I generally saw it was like fine. Um, I played a bunch of it, and I was like, "Yeah, it's it's fine to." But I played it after it had been patched. Yes. So okay. our reviewer played it pre-patch, and it was. I remember looking at it pre-patch and like investigating the issues, and there was a lot of issues with it back then. Um, and I think that's the review is actually pretty well justified as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can see a lot of their style in Remnant. The early stuff is pretty kind of drab looking um the shooting kind of keeps it going and the world is it's got i i want to like it more and i can feel myself kind of starting to enjoy it more and more but there's like the thing that really bothers me about it is right now is i don't like the way the movement feels Mm. it feels very some like it's something with the camera controls like it feels like i'm almost snapping to it's not it doesn't feel smooth in the same mm-hmm. way that something like dark souls and this is very much like a dark Souls style style game with com- gun combat and yeah. melee um but it's some there's like a, a stickiness to the way the character moves and at the same time it's like weirdly gliding as well i don't feel like i'm moving through this world mm. i feel like i'm like kind of just sliding around a bit and it's like slightly cumbersome um at the same time like the loading times for me are a bit much. Mm. So if I, I'm early, so I'm like fast traveling back and forth into different places. Um, and the the loading times are really, really pulling the life out of it for me. I spend a lot of time looking at the screen and 
when you, in this day and age, when you're given more than like a few seconds looking at a screen, you just reach for a phone. Didn't you play Bloodborne when it came out? Because the loading screens in that were painful. Yeah, but Bloodborne is popping from the very yes, start. Yeah, it's true. Popping I, off. Don't get me wrong. It's one of my. It's one of my favorite games. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But like. Those loading screens when it, they, they were really them out, long, and they, they had no. Long. And I they, would even say they, they got they, nothing on Anthem. Don't even talk <laughs> to me. <laughs> yeah. well, Top ten loading, say, longest loading screens. Control is one of those examples for me because I think so. Oh, I'm, play, yeah. I'm playing on a base PS4, which is like bad news bears. Yeah. Uh, and I have not played it since the patch, and I endured that game through the really horrible frame rate issues that that the That's base the PS4 thing. was happening. And you, I through the loading screens when you died in Control, the loading screen was in my opinion the worst. Part yeah. of that game, but I endured it because I love the game. Is so game. good. Same with Bloodborne. Bloodborne's yeah. original loading screen. And I think yeah, that's didn't have the item too. descriptions on it either. Yeah, I yeah. And it was it just said Bloodborne. Oh, yeah, that's just right. Bloodborne. I never yeah. actually played it at launch. I didn't get it. Yeah, I remember game. playing it at launch. I didn't die, so I never really had to deal with it. <laughs> All right, uh, this, this is something that you know we tackle a lot in reviews. Is like there are certain technical issues that, depending on the game, depending on the nature of the issue, you don't always. Like, there are games where you're like, okay, th there's this bug and, like, maybe your character clips through something. Mm -hmm. You can ignore that. That doesn't affect the flow of gameplay. Mm -hmm. Loading screens are another thing where you're just like, I'm being taken out of this constantly. Yeah. I do want to note that our, our boy Alessandro Barbosa gave yep, Remnant yep. a 7. Mm -hmm. um, did note that the uh, difficulty, um, like, the... Progression um, of difficulty was kind of like weird. The story was very just a mis mishmash of cliche tropes, mm -hmm. what he said, and that upgrade requirements that are pretty steep make it too easy to stick to the same loadout. So those were his like yeah. things. He didn't really talk too much about the loading screens. So, I, have I have a really feeling. Interest in it. I have a feeling that might also have to do with your build, like what your PC can handle. Ooh. Yeah, are you playing on PS4? I'm playing on the PS4 Pro. He's, oh. he's so this PC. review is PC specific. Right, so, right. Yeah. I mean, like he's a lot of the things that he's talking about there do do hold up. Like I've, the, I don't find it difficult. I find it like it it springs things on you. Mm -hmm. Like it's like oh suddenly you've walked into an area where there's ten enemies are going to come running around this corner and you're like oh crap what's going on and then like. It, all the enemies are just kind of swarming you and i'm like okay i don't i'm not really challenged in the way i would be like it takes for me to really feel like i'm i'm like really being pushed here it takes that game a bunch of enemies mm -hmm. whereas a single enemy in a dark souls or a Sekiro or something like that is forcing me to think about what i'm doing engaging yeah More, whereas in that game i'm like panic almost like You're uh, like the difficulty comes from just like the sheer volume rather yeah, than the quality and it doesn't like i don't want people to think that it's constantly dumping enemies at you but like the most satisfaction i'm getting out of it out of actually like engagements are those bigger ones where i'm unexpectedly caught off guard and depending on how the outcome is i'm either going to be like okay that felt good to kind of almost or that felt okay like crisis managing or i got killed and i'm like well it was 10 enemies at once or something like that but like at the same time, I can feel myself that the shooting feels good enough that I'm kind of it's keeping you it's keeping me co coming back. Yeah. But at the same time, the loading screens are pushing me, are making me bounce off. And then there's just enough other games that are out now that yeah. I'm immediately <laughs> enjoying and consistently enjoying that. I'm like, I have to really tell myself I want to give more time to Remnant. That's the thing that's frustrating me about um, certain games coming out right now. And why why I said it's pathetic that I'm playing Deadly Premonition again because I do I have a casual interest in Remnant of the Ashes. It's like one of those things mm -hmm. where I was like, "Is it Remnant? I have a Remnant from." 
Remnant Remnant from the Ashes. From From the Ashes. My bad. I have a casual interest in it, and I want to know more about it, and I want to play it, but at the same point, I was like, yeah, the other proposition's out, Death Stranding is out, and I got to play Fire Emblem, and... I don't know. It's just unfortunately, I think it's one of those games that I'll end up buying and playing once or twice and not picking back. I don't know because I, I need to play it, but I just don't mm-hmm. think I'm gonna give my time I to play need it. Need versus yeah want yeah. It's 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 one of those. I'm, I'm curious, casual curiosity. Yeah, it's it's. I'm gonna keep at it because I also want to check out the multiplayer part of it where it kind of creates these worlds for you to play, so yeah. it's never the same and. You can play with other people. I want to check that stuff out. But um, yeah, I'm also playing Borderlands 3. Um, How's that going? Sure is a Borderlands game. Um, And I remember getting really, really into Borderlands 1. And to some extent 2. Like poop sock into it. Um, Yeah, I loved Borderlands 1. I played so much Borderlands 1. I think I maxed out every single class. mm. And 2 came out. And I was like, you know what? I think I've had enough Borderlands. Yeah. So I didn't play much too. I only and played the, the first. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's mostly what I played. And the pre sequel came out. I was like, I don't want to play this. And three came out. I was like, I'm gonna give this a try. And I've played ten hours or so, and mm. it's like, it's fun. Yeah, I'm enjoying yeah. it. I, I've see, I, I, it's a reminder that I do still, I still do still get got by the colored loot thing. Oh yeah, totally. I, 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 I for, there was got. a period where I thought I'm over this colored loot stuff, but it turns out I'm not. <laughs> um, may, maybe you just need to crank up the contrast on it real high. Um, and then I'm like, oh yeah, I'm into Ooh, it. Um, there's that like, purple one. Yeah, I'm enjoying that mm. part of it, but at the same time, like there's something about it feeling like a an old game that's making me bounce off. Um, not bounce off, but like I'm like I'm playing this in short sessions. I'm currently playing single player. I'm going to be starting to play it multiplayer. I think I'm going to do it with Lucy um, and a few others here who are willing to welcome us. In I think that's a game so, that I'm going to open. Um, this I, I think I think multiplayer is definitely the way to do it because yeah. a lot of people are complaining about the the um, the, the the humor, the the writing, whatever. I like that stuff hasn't really landed with me, but then again, I don't hear a lot of it because I'm usually I'm only playing with friends. Like I'm not mm. playing that game by myself. And you know, when you try to play a story game with friends, no one pays attention to the story. So that that I think that's very perfect wise for because, Borderlands. Yeah, I tell you what, the first hour being isolated or hourish being isolated with claptrap is I, I would not blame anyone for being like I don't want to play this We're anymore because this yeah. damn robot uh, won't poor, shut up. Poor Jordan was like claptrap hasn't died yet i'm so upset it's i i know people like claptrap um i think he was way more popular when the first borderlands came out when he had when that kind of like almost style of writing and delivery and kind of dialogue was more popular with the kids (laughs) online but these days it's just like Oh, um, it's somehow Claptrap has become an old man trying to be cool. He's like that Steve Buscemi image of how do you do fellow kids well, in this game? And I'm just like, oh, just stop. Just let me pick up the gun. Don't do tutorial tutorialize this. It sounds like a lot of the game is like that. Although the, the newest meme that I saw in the game was the, uh, oh, you're awake. Um, the Skyrim meme, oh, which has God. taken oh, off on Tumblr yeah. in like the last two or three months. Mm-hmm. So I was like proud of them. I was like, okay, you got on the the. Oh, you're awake. Are you crossing the border, huh? Mm, they've got the Randy Pitchford meme in there as well. 
Wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the game definitely seems divisive among uh, among people, and I've I've heard that common consensus of like it feels good, it plays super good, but it definitely seems hit or miss with the humor. And I can just openly say, just from some of the jokes, some of the people were saying around the office, uh, even from you know Jordan who gave it a good review, I was like. That ain't for me. <laughs> yeah, I'm also innocent minded and a lot of crude humor uh, and me- meme humor. Unfortunately, or fortunately, however you want to see it, just doesn't resonate with me. See, I feel like I feel like I feel like a. See, but, you said hit or miss, and Tam and I made eye contact. But it's like you, if you if you know you know. Meme. Well, meme the humor. hit or miss meme is. Is not dated. Well, no, 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 I'm talking about Borderlands. Like, oh, yeah. The meme humor in Borderlands is very dated. It is bad, yeah. Um, but I love that kind. Of, not love, but like I'm, I'm not above that kind. Of, I'm. I did a poop tweet. The I did a bumhole tweet the other day. Is that the one of you uh, just filming yourself pooping? No, it's the one of one. Uh, the Apple Watch asking me if, uh, telling me there's still time to close well, my like ring. <laughs> it's, <laughs> not that, it's not that I'm not. Yeah, like, I'm not above. I'm not above that. Yeah, not that, like I don't want to make it think like I'm like I'm. An intellectual, and I'm too highbrow for this. What is not this feces humor? No, it's like I'm simply just like I. It just sometimes flies over my head, and I'm like, as I mentioned earlier, like Mr. Bean is like the <laughs> peak humor for me. So say, take from that what you will. Uh, yeah, I think Jake's right. It's like it feels like dated humor, which makes sense given that they started development of that game ages ago. So like, how many social networks and memes have died in the time that they were making that yeah. game? But like, I just, I just want them to just. I wish there was a way to just mute claptrap. Like so they've he's, got. There so is. he's the main. He's the main all the voice. But like, <laughs> how good it would? Because they've got like we've got a gun that fires other guns. We've got you know a grenade that says "ouch" every time it hits the ground. About the, the Wiccan like, Wardy. A gun yeah, why don't they have like a gun? Like if you get this gun, you can shoot Claptrap and he will never speak again. <laughs> <laughs> like that would be, inc- it's like Anna's dart from, from like uh, Overwatch. You hit a uh, nap time and he yeah. just never moves from that spot. And then if you come back hours later, it's still on the floor. Just make that gun. There you go. Free idea for Gearbox there. Um, <laughs> I'm also playing Game of the Year 2019 Sekiro. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> which is fantastic yeah. every time I, I play it. I want to replay that, but I know I shouldn't because there's so many games out, and I already got all the achievements in that game. Mm-hmm. Ooh, also right. Fire dude, Emblem. I'm trying, dude. I wanted to play Fire Emblem right after Control, and then Deadly <laughs> Premonition was announced. It's <laughs> pathetic, and I'm really loving Fire Emblem. Like I was like surprised how much yeah. I was enjoying it. Yeah, I'm just Fire Emblem is um, yeah. excellent. I'm putting all my uh, effort into making Shamir my friend. Tam. Do you have a uh, do you know what you like better yet, Bloodborne or Sekiro? Sekiro. Uh, to play Bloodborne, no, to play Sekiro to experience Bloodborne. Mm-hmm. Me is it's Bloodborne to the nth degree. It's like it's. I love hard. Japan. Period. <laughs> <laughs> so I I think I th- I think I'm more towards Bloodborne. But one thing I did like about Sekiro is that I didn't. I wish I went into Bloodborne not having played any of the Dark Souls games, I think, mm. because then I would have had to learn it mm. and figure it out, which I kind of didn't really have to. The thing I liked about Sekiro and the thing I hated about Sekiro, not hated, but the the biggest struggle with Sekiro was, man, the first 10 hours of that game, 15 hours it's were brutal, rough. And and it shows, right? Because that game... Well, I didn't struggle at all. I thought it was really <laughs> That game, uh, if you know what you're doing, is relatively short. But because most people going into that game are going to get their ass kicked for the mm. first 15 hours, it feels much longer. Well, than let it the is. record show I killed the ogre in two tries. Ooh. That's, to, to be fair, that's solid. 
Yeah, yeah I, it took me like twelve tries because he picked me up and throw me. And I'm like, have you have you gone back to like Bloodborne or Dark Souls after playing Sekiro? Because yeah, I after played... I went back to Bloodborne and like uh, after playing through a little bit of Sekiro, I haven't finished it yet. That game was like nothing. Like Sekiro has rewired my yeah. brain. Mm-hmm. That's the beauty and I'm of just Sekiro. Flying through Bloodborne, I was like, what? Is, like I'm just doing counteracts, like oh, destroying yeah. bosses first shot. Vicar Amelia, who is like my girl because I hate her and therefore now I love her. Uh, I was able to like wipe the floor with her. It almost mm. felt bad because her and I have a romantic relationship. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she's very pretty. I love, uh, I love Vicar. Anything else tomorrow? That's it. All right. Well, I finished Gears 5. Ooh, I want to I, I wanna start it. I mm. enjoyed it quite a bit. I think the story, the pacing is a little, is a little weird. The, 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 some of the, the, character arcs are nonsensical but i think kate's is really good jd's mm. is really good uh dell is like a good character but he's just kind of like a non-care i don't know he, he's just kind of there but the ending of gears 5 has me so excited for gears 6 Ooh. so how is your feeling on gears 3 because that's my favorite in the series so 2 was probably my favorite until i played 5 i think 5 is now my favorite uh the problem ah. with 2 is or not the, the the issue with two is that I was not excited for three, and by the time three ah. came out, I played it and I had a lot of fun with three, but it wasn't like that. They, they were trying to make it like Halo, right? And it wasn't that Halo two to Halo three feeling I had, where I was like vibrating, so excited yes. to play Halo three. I come from a weird place because I only vibrating. Just imagine that you <laughs> like vibrating. I seriously excited. was like I remember getting that game at midnight, and then Ooh. I had to wake up at. 5 a.m. the next day for morning practice for for water polo and then i had to wait until like 6 p.m after practice when i got home to play it and i was like sitting in my desk at school freaking out like gotta get out of here gotta get out of here i come from a different place where i only played through all of the gears game in the past year Mm. so i was able to experience it far past its release far past its heyday in a way i mean however you want to see it i will say man the controls to the first Gears hold up so well mm. for the time period it came out because, like, comparing to other games that came out the year, which I think, didn't Bioshock come out? 2006? Uh, 2006 or 7. Yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. I, I have, going back and revisiting Bioshock was kind of rough with the controls for me, but Gears 1 still felt so good to this day. Mm-hmm. But anyways, I've only experienced all those games in the past year, one after the other, like, binge them have, right Have through. you played four yet? Yes. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I even played through Judgment, and I played, like, one, two, three, Judgment, and then four. Okay, because four, after playing four, like, I started four when it came out and finally finished it the weekend before Gears 5 came out because I wanted to know what yes. happened. And, man, that game is a slog. It is just so At uninspired. first for me, yes. It's I feel so like dull. it picks up through the second half, but the first half for me was rough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah, maybe it does get better, but I I don't know. I, I had so much trouble getting through four. But five I enjoyed, uh, for the most part, from start to finish, other than some of the weird things. But what it ends on, I think, is that gets me pumped. very interesting, and it makes me very excited for... Year six, like it, like it ends. Th- there's a big decision you make. I won't spoil this. Uh, it's but, whether Marco should marry one of the locusts. Uh, well, that's one of the decisions. There's, there's another one. Uh, but it is what <laughs> the decision you make. I'm very curious to see what they do with six, depending on what players pick. Because uh, one seems canon, and one, I don't know where they'd go with it. But that almost has me more interested because oh. they seem to kind of know what they're doing with the writing. I want to play it real bad. 
yeah, you should. If you played the other ones and you enjoyed them, it's totally yeah. worth it. If you're not into Gears, this isn't going to change your mind. Um, I My experience with with Gears is so weird because I mostly just listen to my brother play Gears. So I, I have a, a very good sense of what the audio shit, design is. Yeah. Yeah. Just shit, yeah. Always. Where's the power? Just <laughs> me trying to do my Rip bio that homework. Door, Jack. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I know the audio design very well. And beyond that, I don't have a super big interest in, mm-hmm. in I always, I mean, that's why I love the third one because I feel like it brought the testosterone levels down a bit. Yeah. Well, and, I mean, that's the good thing about four and five, yeah. too, especially five. Like playing as Kate, I think, was such a smart move. Like JD was so boring. Yeah, that was another problem with four is that JD I wanted to punch him in the face. I know face the he's whole so game. boring, and it wasn't. It doesn't really get. I mean, in my opinion, it doesn't really get like fun until sadly when Marcus comes back in, and like, yeah. yeah, it's like free. And when Marcus yeah. is there, the entire time Marcus is there is like I just want to play as Marcus. Like, yeah, I also don't like Baird. Is that the oh, guy with the goggles on his head? He, he's, he's, yeah, Baird is annoying. He's in five. So he's, a, he's, he's a fan favorite, and I know that, and I, that's why he's a star of judgment. But I've had a lot of people be like, oh, man, Baird, Baird, Baird. And I was like, he's dope. He's always like, like Coltrane more. <laughs> Baird is gives yes. a fourth clap Yes shot. to that, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I've also been playing and finished Link's Awakening. Ooh. Me, me too. And Callie has as well. Tell us about it. It's... Link's Awakening. Like, it is a tile. <laughs> I, I I feel like I've done this conversation so many times, but yeah. it's like a tile for tile remake of, for the most part, kind of the original. How do you feel about that? I love it. Uh, and, and I think it just proves how far ahead of the time Nintendo was with mm. what they made because, sure, there are some areas, like, I don't know. We got stuck on the part where, I don't want to say it because, I don't know, not everyone's is played it. Is this a part it, but, that Kelly instantly solved? Yeah, it was a part she that has an amazing like, knack to just be like, yeah, this is how you do this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've done that a couple times, really, yeah. honest. Uh, but we had to like find a character, and we couldn't find this character because she wasn't in the spot where she's been literally the entire game. Uh, and that was a bit of a pain. But other than that, the game holds up so well. Uh, as someone who didn't play the original because it came out the year I was born, <laughs> um, I, I could definitely feel its age in the remake like i think there are mm. things that are unnecessarily obtuse kind of like the example jake's talking mm. about just just things that that feel like growing pains for for zelda as a series I think that's a problem with adventure games like like well, i mean just... puzzle i mean like anything puzzle related in adventure games too like those puzzles were where things are located yeah i mean like i i en- enjoyed it but i it just um, it felt dated, not in a super bad way. I think like the art style really gives it a lot of life and yeah. brings that that world into yeah. into the twenty first century. But the art style is definitely the star of the show. It mm. is so adorable, <laughs> just seeing Link run God, around like his little, Link's little build up face. before he runs, and it's oh he's so cute. Yeah. <laughs> and they the have music that amiibo, right? Yes. Oh yeah. Well, I gave it to Peter so he could he could test it for the, the review. Not getting it back. I am not getting it back. <laughs> we can uh, create a heist for it. Get it back from him. Where are yeah. you at on that, Tam? Like, did you play Link's Awakening? Yeah, I played Link's Awakening a bunch of times. I'm really excited to play it, and I've been watching like Jake play it over his shoulder or next to his desk, and Callie play it like now and then as well, coming in to help out. Um, and I'm like, yeah, I want to play this game, and I think our review is going to be up. So. Yeah, our review is up as of this, like as of the time you're listening. Mm -hmm. It'll be up tomorrow at 5 a.m., but 
if you're listening to this, it's already there. So go check it out. Yeah. I played it recently. That's another game that I played. This podcast makes it sound like I didn't start playing games until recently <laughs> in my life. <laughs> There's just a lot of things I had to catch up on because I missed a few consoles along the way. Um, but Link's Awakening, I only played about six years ago on the 3DS when it was like brought to the eShop then. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also am like a late bloomer to Zelda games. So like I didn't get to play Ocarina of Time until much later and blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. But I uh, I loved Link's Awakening when I played it many moons ago. But I'm definitely interested to play it now, not just because like it's been updated, but uh, I'm just curious how my views of it have changed mm-hmm. in six years mm-hmm. or even like knowing some of its influences uh, and how it'll affect the way I look at it. Yeah. And, I and like also, solving stuff. And I'm, I'm a big puzzle dude, so. Yeah. I like coming in and like Peter came over and he was like, I I got stuff to do. Where is this? And I was like, just give me the switch. <laughs> yeah, you found it in like seconds, and Peter was like, "What the? How did I miss this?" <laughs> uh, walking human guide for old video games, Kelly. There, I do really enjoy writing guide content. Yeah. I I started getting into the idea of working in video games through guides and FAQs. Ooh, you would have been good at Nintendo. <laughs> I was <there> <laughs> right. Uh. All right. Well, we have some news stories this week. I haven't looked at them. Tamor, you handled these, so uh, well, yeah, Tamor just, is the global head of news. He's, he's the global head of news. I was like, I, I was QAing something, and I was like, Tamor, we need news stories, and he's like, All right, I'll I'll find pick some, some stuff out. And I picked a nice variety that everyone can talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, I tried to cater stuff to specific tastes, starting with the Witcher TV show. That's uh, for everyone. Yeah. Everyone the, loves a bit of Witcher. The release date got leaked. Accidentally. Accidentally because of the like, oh, this many. It was a tweet that went up that shouldn't have gone up, right? Yeah. Like, oh, this many sleeps until the Witcher TV show. Yeah, Everyone it was, was like, like just cues. <laughs> the forecasted <laughs> release then? It's like November, right? Or something. Uh, it was December, right? December. Let me double check. Wait, December. I know yeah, someone December 17th. December 17th. Yeah, yeah. so the, the tweet was like, uh, the wait is almost over. So many nights sleep for these titles. And then it's got a bunch like The Politician, Peaky Blinders, El Camino. And then it, way down the bottom, The Witcher 97 sleeps. Um, and everyone went, oh, Netflix. Nani? <laughs> do that? Nani? Um, um, and they figured it out. Yeah. So That is, sucks for us because that's like the tail end of the year and we need to do content on The Witcher yeah. TV show. But yeah. I... Ah, I, I hope that I don't hate Henry Cavill. I just don't like him. I just don't like him. He's got big arms. He's, so I, I, yeah. If I could, if I could look at your arms and I could pop them like a balloon, no, thank you. <laughs> I have mixed feelings about Henry Cavill because he has played all the games apparently, and he's a very big fan of the series. Appreciate that, yeah. And he's read the books, and that has me excited because. That tells me he understands Geralt at least, or or what he can pull from the games, the books, and what he can add to that. It's not because especially Geralt. If you don't know much about Geralt, he seems like the flattest, dullest character around. Not to mm. me. Well, I'm just talking about like him. the things he says, <laughs> not so much the way he looks. But winds howling. But yeah, <laughs> smells like rain. <laughs> Cheers, Geralt, for the fifth time. Winds howling. uh so so i'm excited to see what he does with it but that being said like after seeing the trailer and there's that shot of him with his like bicep out i mean it's like protruding and he looks like he's taking a dump (laughs) 
every single vein is protruding it's out It's like of romantic just, lighting and he you know, I, I, like I, I'm a witcher. I, I, you know, I admire it. I think it's sweet. I like I like that they're leaning into that angle and that they're just going full on sex appeal and he's just That's not that's not <laughs> if they had gotten Vigo Mortensen You've that seen Vigo Mortensen uh, what was it? Whatever, uh, Eastern yeah. Promises. No, you got it right. Um, Have you seen the movie Eastern Promises? No. His full on completely naked <laughs> like junk wiggling, like wiggling about while he kills like five dudes. In a Who? Oh yeah, Viggo yeah, Mortensen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, it is. It's what. Sorry, it's what's a, the name of this movie? Eastern Promises. <laughs> it's a fantastic. Like it's an amazing scene. It comes out of the blue. He's butt naked in like a sauna, and these mo- these mobsters come in to take him down, and it's the most grueling one shot. Him taking down yeah. all these dudes. The Paul Ver or no, no David Cronenberg. It's a David Cronenberg movie, so it's like to the nth degree, and he is like. His dong is just wiggling so about. So you're it's only awesome. proving my point. Yes. That Vigo <laughs> Mortensen. Just, yeah, that's but, but, or, 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 or Mads Joe, Mikkelsen. Joe yes. Manginello, whatever his name is. I can't pronounce his last Danny name. Danny DeVito. <laughs> he would have been a very good wait, pick wait, as well. Wait, wait, Are you talking about Magnamello? Yeah. Magic Mike guy? Yeah. yeah. He's Sophia great. Vergara's husband. Yeah. Yeah. Magnamello. He he's would the, also the, have been a very... The, uh, the new Pee Wee movie. Sure. <laughs> I'm just saying there are there are men who probably would cost a similar amount as Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill quit Superman for this. Because that may have been the Did thing, he? too. Supposedly. Like, maybe they no. didn't have money for a big person, but Henry Cavill was so excited for this role that he... He he had his agent reach out before they had even started casting because he wanted this mm. role. Okay, so I respect that and I want well, it What to I'm be saying great. is that Maybe they didn't have the budget, but he worked with them to well, make yeah, it work. Well, yeah, yeah. So I, I want him to be great. If he's, if he's like a big Witcher fan, that's awesome. That's actually really charming. I just, I recently was, I was on Tumblr and I saw the gift set of Viggo Mortensen thrown open the doors in Lord of the Rings, <laughs> and I was like, wow, like well, this is what we could. This is. <sighs> you always have Lord of the Rings. Yeah. You'll always have them there, and you'll always have Mission Impossible. With Henry Cavill's mustache and cocking his arms, no, and you know what you'll also always have The Witcher. No, Death Stranding TGS gameplay and Kojima <laughs> saying he may need sequels. Yes, <laughs> this is a Tamor story, right? This is uh, this is an everyone. I'm not story. even a big Metal Gear Solid fan, and I'm all about this. Yeah, so we've at this point um, we've done a lot of content this week about <laughs> Death Stranding. Um, beer? Can I can I have a beer? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> beer me. I don't want to. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, at this point, we've done a lot of content around Death Stranding this week. Uh, last week, there was TGS where it had three separate, uh, like, display. Oh, that was, that was that good. That was nice. Yeah. That was like, Brought to you that on audio networks. After Dark. Um, <laughs> GameSpot After Dark. Game Drink Spot. responsibly. Drink responsibly, yeah. That was actually just Have a two beers while you're sitting Coke. in a single place and not moving. <laughs> also, we, we published this at like 8 a.m., so I hope, hope you guys are enjoying a beer with us. <laughs> it's, it's after dark. Um, we respect the laws of yeah. this country. Um, so, yeah, so it had three lives. There was three demonstrations of the game during um, uh, TGS with Kojima talking about each one uh took on stage each one first one was like general open world gameplay stuff which was cool second one was like sam uh what's his name again the norman actor? reedus, norman reedus. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Sam Reedus. Sam Reedus. Sam Reedus Bridges. I Sam was the name of the character. That is his name. Yeah. Sam oh, Bra- I, I always Sam. combine Sam and Norman like, Reedus's name now. <laughs> you're just coming up with the just uh, Norman Reedus, the yeah. crazy guy. It's like a Norman Reedus Bishojo game, where you like perv on him. But like, Ooh. there, there is an audience for that. Not me. It's very smart. Very shrewd of him to perv on Norman Reedus. There are people. Oh, there is an who, audience. Oh, oh, there are. Hundred percent people few. who want to see Norman's readers. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and it's like we, you're like this presence in the room, and you don't actually directly control Dude, uh, I love Sam. That. He kind of like if he wants to go to the shower, he'll like look at you and be like point at the shower and be like, "Hey, I want to go to the shower." And then you kind of be like, "Go to the shower." <laughs> Dude, look at the shower the, though. The amount of people who are gonna lose their minds with yeah. norman reedus gesturing towards the yeah. shower Ooh. like let's go people are gonna not be able to finish that game oh my god what, mm. what uh, was then, that sorry what was that was it a sega game that you talked to a fit you see man oh see man dude kind voice, of in a weird voice, way makes me think of that voiced by the guy who voices francis york morgan and deadly premonition mm, true there you go uh, one of the most interesting things that we learned, <laughs> I think, was the uh, concept of omoyari, yeah. uh, which is, you know, it, it's a universal concept, but J- Japanese has a word for it. Just the idea of like paying it forward and the appreciation you feel towards the person who did that for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that being like a core concept of the game is really, really interesting to me. And that really sold me on what Death Stranding is. And I'm really excited to to play it. And like, I don't want to know any more than that. Like, I, I'm excited to go into this game. Just with like that concept in mind, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna look at what people before me did, and hopefully it helps me, and then I can mm. feel that gratitude towards them. I can't wait. Quite, yeah, so like, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna say for that specific thing that Kelly mentioned, Omoyari, um, you can what read our. There's an interview with Hideo Kojima conducted by our very own Peter Brown. Um, Peter Daddy Dabs Brown. Daddy Dabs Brown. P Brown. Um, P PC Brown on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> you can read that interview, and also we will have we have a WeChat of myself, Peter, and Kelly talking about Death Stranding or Moyari and Can't wait. the way that people are acting like it doesn't make sense, and also not really giving Kojima the freedom to be himself without yeah, it's tearing like grow down. Up. Yeah, yeah, grow up. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, no, Kelly gets it. But specifically for this story, um, in the interview, he actually says um, the idea of the Strand game that he mentioned and him kind of wanting that to be a thing. But he also kind of notes that for it to be a thing, it needs to stick around. And for it to stick around, there needs to be more of the idea. And currently, he's the Strand guy, right? Him mm-hmm. and his team and, and the various people that have worked on Death Stranding are the people who understand what they mean by Strand games and what the potential they hold. So I guess he's saying like it's kind of his responsibility to continue making Strand games and the smartest way that it seems to... He kind of like flip-flops. He doesn't definitively say it, but he kind of goes, yeah, maybe uh, it, for me to give that genre a permanence i need to make a death stranding 1.5 or even a two Mm -hmm. um so that's kind of like what the story alludes to there needs to be for there for there to be more strand games there may may be a situation where we need more death stranding games um it's hard to get excited about that right now considering we we haven't played played the first one if it's a catastrophe then we're like maybe not yeah Unless there's a concept there to be elaborated on and make it better in the future. Yeah, and that's what Callie, Peter, and myself talk about in, in that video, the WeChat we do. Um, 
we we kind of try and delve into the concept behind Death Stranding more mm-hmm. than what Death Stranding is because the bit, the kind of premise of discussion is like Death Stranding's it's easy to understand when you think about it in a way that isn't just what kind of genre is this and think about it more like this team is trying to put forth a feeling mm-hmm. um an idea a concept um and the understanding that you come to is basically I'm not going to try and understand this. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to wait and experience it and let it tell me what deliver the message to yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I haven't seen the WeChat that you guys did, but I know very little about this game not because just because I haven't watched any of the gameplay. I've only seen the first trailer, the second trailer, I guess, and then the like it was like that 8-minute trailer that came out, mm. I don't know, a couple months ago or so. And I know a lot of people are frustrated because they don't know what this game is. But I love that. Though. I I do too because it. it I mean, when else is there going to be a triple A game by a triple A developer where you have no idea what this game is about? Now we get, you know, a thousand trailers, a bunch of gameplay. They tell exactly what this game is going to be beforehand. Like I'm super excited for Cyberpunk, but I have a very good idea of what that mm. game is, and that's why I'm excited for it. But then on the on the other side, I'm very excited for Death Stranding because. I don't really know what that's going to be. Mm. And it, like like the fact that I don't know is partly because I haven't researched it at all. But also, I think that's a good thing. Yeah. Dude, I yearn this for is it. basically the, the thesis yeah. of the, yeah. the yeah. video it's, that we did. It was well, just, yeah, like... Especially yeah. in our industry where it's like being in here, we kind of know what the general idea of every game that's going to come out. Rarely do we walk into a game and be like, I had no idea this was going to be a thing or this was going to happen. Uh, so it, it, I find it very exciting and refreshing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why I love Control. Like, it was hard mm-hmm. to tell what you were getting into when you were playing Control. And it's still hard to really kind of tell and grasp it. But, I mean, I don't know. That was so. That was half of the experience for yeah. me, to be able to, like, walk into this. That, that was another game that I only saw one or two trailers. And yeah. I was like, I'm sold. I don't need to see anymore. Yes. I don't yeah. need gameplay. I didn't know I don't need anything, anything. anything about Control. I get frustrated at the idea of people saying, like, oh, I mean, like, even though people are excited, for, like, even people who are excited about Death Stranding who are like, oh, I just, I, it looks cool, but I still don't know, like, anything about it. I'm like, well, embr- I, I think that's a part of the embracing factor of that mm. thing. And that well, just yeah, the fact yeah. that your instinct tells you that you think this looks cool, that's in of itself is, like, enough. I don't know. You don't need to understand everything. You Damn don't need to pick apart it. everything. Yeah. Who here is excited for the Final Fantasy VII remake? I am. I've, I've never played a Final Fantasy I have. Game. I have a casual interest. Excellent. This is a well, tour story then. Uh, this is this is definitely a me <laughs> story. Um, I'm not going to elaborate too far on this. They showed um, Final Fantasy VII uh, game remake gameplay at TGS, and one of the things that they, um, the new stuff they debuted was Classic Mode. So um, they have a version of the combat mechanic or the system that uses the ATB gorge so that you behave in a way that's similar to classic Final Fantasies. It slows the, the action down so you can take your time and like input your commands and it feels more like a classical Final Fantasy game. And that's one of the major concerns that people had around um this specific game and also more recent Final Fantasy games. Uh, I know the last one, one of the big things was like it's more active Kingdom Hearts style combat system where, you know, it feels like there is still strategy to it, but you're f- it feels like you're less encouraged to do it because stuff is always happening. Mm-hmm. Um, this is they're trying to create a kind of middle ground. I guess I put this on here because like I'm alarmed at the amount of smart decisions that they're making around this game. <laughs> like... 
Final Fantasy is a series I love, but it's also a series that I realize that I don't love as much anymore because they make certain decisions and certain aspects of it are just not for me anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, this so like from that regard, like years ago, if you had asked me for Final Fantasy about Final Fantasy VII remake and what the chances of it coming out and being good, I'd have been like, I don't know if Square Enix has it in them. But like every time they release something about this game, now I'm like, that was the smart thing to do, and they're doing it. They also showed off some gameplay of Aerith and Tifa. Um, uh, as you can expect, Tifa is absolutely whooping ass in that mm-hmm. game. And um, if you have any reservations about that, I will direct you to the article I wrote about how bras work. Mm-hmm. She oh, is yeah. whooping ass and scary. holding it together. Um, she does. So I was watching her and I was like, damn, this is. Uh, she looks so good in this kind of like engine. Like yeah, she looks badass. Yeah, she looks so bad. She does like a somersault kick at one point. I was like. That dude, that monster is getting wrecked. And yeah, I'm you're just getting so like in- the anime nosebleed. Yeah, just you're getting back. And it was the backflip kick that did it. I was like, damn, that's a good backflip kick. Mm-hmm. Um, Aerith is in there as well doing like AoE uh, magic abilities. And like she seems to be, they're designing her to almost be like the kind of the linking system between each characters to be like, oh, you can do a magic attack. But if Aerith puts down this kind of like area of effect, magical glyph, and you stand within there, like you can do consecutive magic attacks. So they're like putting her in a position where she's not just heal, 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 summon. Um, and she's more like, I'm going to enable battle battles way better. But then she's also like super active in getting, doing damage and getting in there. And then uh, they kind of topped it off by showing Cloud, um, user materia slotted into his buster sword to summon ifrit um one of the big summons guardian forces from Mm -hmm. the from the original game and he rolls up and just whoops ass and it looks so cool so yeah final fantasy continuing to look good what did you think of 15 out of curiosity uh i hated every single one of those characters um all of them like i know that i liked conceptually the idea of the boy band group going on a journey um i really liked the world but I just found them all really annoying. Um, I I I don't think for me personally, there's a single one of them that I like really really attached to. Even when the cast of Final Fantasy characters are like not for me, there's usually someone in there that I really love. Mm-hmm. I mean, like every other Final Fantasy game, I can name the characters off the top of my head. I know one of them's called Noctis. Um, <laughs> I played the game to completion. Um, I did too. Prompto it's the only Final is Fantasy the other game. one. Yeah, Prompto, yeah. Gla- Gladio, and Ignis. That's yeah. the, that's them. And like it's it's just I I've got no interest in them at all. They like they're the most Tetsuya Nomura characters Tets, Tet, that Tetsuya Nomura has ever created, even though this is a Tabata joint. But like, whatever. It, yeah, I, just, I, I could live without all of them. I I like the ideas in that game. Like I like like you were saying. I like the idea of a road trip. Mm. Like that. I feel like that's an idea that's not really explored that much. No. And just like hopping in a car with your buds and driving around and I don't know fighting enemies and stuff like yeah. that. That's a pretty cool idea. But man, if you ask me what happened in that game, I have no idea. Yeah, it's and it's wild. I remember the second half of that game felt like they cut so much stuff that was supposed to be in there. Maybe in pre production they had. This is just speculation, but it feels like there's about like 20 hours of that game that are just not there. And I think they've added some stuff to it to fill out some of those gaps since then. But it's like, I played 30 hours of that game. It was all I needed. (laughs) I remember I killed like the main bad guy in that game in a random battle, like towards the end. What? Like I I remember unceremoniously taking out the big bad in that game. 
and just being like because i was like bored by that point and it wasn't didn't make a really big fuss about it and you just kill him in like in a corridor I was like, oh, was, well, I thought I was just a random monster. So I lied. There's one section I remember. It's the part where you have to get clearance to go up. Like, yeah, you're running through those. And apparently they patched that out. But I remember it was like, run through the same maze 12 I, times and get the, the, the card that lets you go to the next door. This like, is mad. But Whoa. like, I watched Kingsglaive, mm-hmm. the Final Fantasy movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Surprisingly good. Like, I, yeah, I heard really? good things about Wait, Kingsglaive. Is that the one based off 15? Yeah, it's way better. It's way better. Like, I, I was like... This is this. These are all the characters I care about. This is the story I want to see, and like anyone who's like kind of wants to experience a Final Fantasy fifteen thing, watch Kingsglaive because okay. it's not phenomenal, but like I immediately the main character is way more interesting to me, voiced by uh, Aaron Paul uh, of Breaking Bad fame, <laughs> <and> El Camino <laughs> fame. Um, Sean Bean is in there, um, and it's it's a way more interesting because it's got like political kind of like uh, struggles in there, and it's like secret covert group of people trying to stop a plot against the king, uh, if I remember correctly. But I just remember there being like cool set pieces, cool story, interesting character characters, and I was like, damn, I actually enjoyed that. Like, is, and is that a prequel to Fifteen? Uh, yeah, it's a okay. prequel. I think it's what happens during. So you go out on the road trip. And then oh, at the very start gone. of the game, yeah, at the very start of the game, you learn that it's stuff has happened in your hometown and now you're basically on the run. Um, so it's, it's, it's that, it's basically. It's too bad because, like, I haven't... So the last Final Fantasy I played was 9. And I played Crystal Bears, which I had a great time with. <laughs> but conceptually, hearing you guys talk about this one, I was like, that all sounds kind of interesting and cool. I, yeah, but it's, it's still, like the road trip part of it that sounds yeah. interesting. I mean, it's... it's like it's the, a, fun game like i wouldn't it's at a price point now where i would recommend it but just at the time i remember being like annoyed by all the characters yeah and, but yeah that's final fantasy um that game um yeah. but final fantasy 7 remake is on the way and it looks like nope. it's doing it right yeah yeah i'm excited i never played well i started seven, I seven yeah um didn't i i hardly played any of it just because like yeah this is kind of dated and i was playing yeah. it on a i don't know didn't get super into it so i'm excited to give it a shot in seven Callie, do you want to tell us about Surfetched? I would love to. So Surfetch, also known as uh, Negiga Naito, which would be like Onion Knight in Japanese, uh, is the Pokemon Sword exclusive evolution for Farfetch, the Gen 1 Pokemon that we all love. It is, it is sword exclusive? It is. So All right, that. well, I'm getting sword. <laughs> is there a shield exclusive? Um, I'm assuming they're announcing that. So, okay. so far, I know that... Um, Kamao. I, I I don't know how to pronounce that Pokemon, but the newer Dragon type Pokemon from Sword, uh, Sun and Moon, and oh. then Larvitar. There, there there are certain exclusives that have already been announced, okay. and don't quote me on it. Um, they're all on uh Pokemon's website, and we also have a, a gallery up of all the uh, Gen Eight Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, uh, so in Pokemon Sword, it, it's kind of unclear what the evolution specifications are, but the like. Pokedex entry style thing about Surfetched is that uh, Farfetch'd evolves into him after experiencing many battles. So I assume it's just like you hit a certain threshold of how many battles that Farfetch'd has experienced in Pokemon Sword, and then it evolves into Surfetch, which is actually a fighting type Pokemon up from really? the normal flying Ooh. for Farfetch'd. Yeah. My um, boy, finally getting attention. Yeah. So actually, I'm going to double check really fast that Farfetch'd is indeed normal flying. I'm pretty like sure. Like the most, for- yeah, he's normal flying, I'm pretty sure. But the most forgotten Pokemon 
from the first one. And I was like, what are you going to do with Farfetch? You've yeah, given evolutions fun. to every single other of these Pokemon in the first gen that didn't have it, but not Farfetch'd. Yeah. Finally. So he's a, he's a bird that has a leak as a sword and then the leaves as a shield. It's very cute. It's very like, you know, uh, Buckingham Palace Guard style <laughs> of, of what you would think of Britain being like. Um, or as our friend Andrew Goldfarb pointed out, he looks like the computer guy. The, the computer thumbs kid, up kid. The thumbs yeah. up kid. Computer kid. Friend of the podcast, Andrew Goldfarb. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And... I don't know. I I like the. It, I guess it's technically not a Galarian form. That's the thing that's kind of interesting. Is that like so? Zigzagoon got a Galarian form, and then Zigzagoon evolves into Linoon, and then in Galar region it evolves into Obstagoon, which is like a Galarian form evolution. For Farfetch'd, Surfetch is more like in Pokemon Sword. Um, he evolves into Surfetch, and it's not a a Galar region form. So I, I think that's kind of interesting. They're giving new evolutions in addition to Galar forms for like, you know, Galarian Weezing, for example. Um, uh, yeah, I'm really excited. I, I know they're going to keep revealing like, uh, you know, what's the sword exclusive? And that's the first question that we thought of. Yeah. Um, I'm excited to see what that is. If it, you know, sometimes like the, the exclusives aren't one-to-one. So uh, you sometimes like, you know, in the original game, you'd have like one cartridge got Vulpix, one cartridge got Growlithe. Those yeah. are kind of one to one. Um, it seems like maybe this isn't going to be it, it could be it doesn't have to be an evolution for a first generation Pokemon, for example. Um, but I am really interested in in Surfetch uh, just as a fighting type. Um, there's a lot of fighting type Pokemon and, uh, you know, they don't always get a lot of love. Mm. I think fighting and poison are the two types that like could use more emphasis so i'm getting shield yeah decided so just f sir fetched see i if, if it's, i just think the shield legendary looks cooler see i'm i'm drawn to the gen one evolution so if it's a gen one evolution i'll you pick based that. on that mm-hmm. and because ultimately like of the new pokemon that they've shown as you all know i like gengar mm-hmm. so I'll go wherever Gengar is. Yeah. And apparently, I think he's in both Gengar's games. confirmed yeah, for the games. Both yeah, both games. So, with him confirmed, I'm happy. Corviknight is the new Pokemon that I'm like, I like you very I much. I love yes. Corviknight. I like yes. you very mm-hmm. much. Yes. Is that the other games? one whose name I always forget that looks like the dumb bird? I like him a lot. Cramorant. Cramorant. <laughs> yeah. He's a good oh, one. Blackberry. <laughs> Cramorant. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Um, I like Poltegeist a lot. Oh, yes. Yeah. See, I feel like Pokemon Company had a period where their Pokemon were like, mm, but I feel like they're bouncing back real I hard now. I think Sun and Moon's new Pokemon, aside from the one that looks like Donald Trump, and then uh, <laughs> the Pokemon that we've seen so far for Sword and Shield are really, really good. I think Gen 4 was like kind of a low point mm. for the additional Pokemon, especially the uh, level 3 evolutions for like... You know, I like, like Magnezone. I like Luxray, but like I'm talking about the the new Pokemon oh, they added yeah, to yeah. evolutionary lines. Magnezone, Magmortar, Electivire. Not mm-hmm. not a fan of those. Who is the gorilla that was added for Sun and Moon? The gorilla looking Pokemon. Um, because he's my dude. The clearly not enough that I know his name, but he's a gorilla <laughs> and I like gorillas. So there's yeah. So there was like <laughs> a. I'm pretty sure he's like a part psychic. Uh, Pokemon. He is. Yeah, um, my dude. I like. Him. I know. I can picture him. I just um. Don't have the name on the top. Gorilla of dude who I like. That's a, that's all that matters. And he's in Sun and Moon. 
Yeah, I, I'm. I mean, I'm happy with Corviknight, but if if they give me a, is it Oranguru? It is or- Oranguru. Okay, I like it. Um, Oranguru. Uh, so I I'll take if if they give me a Gen One evolution, I'll pick between either the Farfetch'd evolution and that Gen One evolution. Mm-hmm. That's where I'll go because I've got my priorities are Gengar and Corviknight, and they're in both, so I'm happy. Yeah. Top lads. So we've been going on for about an hour and seventeen minutes already. We haven't gotten to listener questions, so we should probably transition yeah. to some of the listener questions. That. Kelly, do you want to take the first one? I would love to. So this one was sent in to us for last week's episode, but as usual, we went over and we didn't have time to read it. So, Joe, don't worry. We haven't forgotten. Take it away. Hey, y'all. Just wanted to say I've been really enjoying the show. Everyone has fantastic rapport, and it's great to hear more women and people of color talk about games in an industry that's been dominated by straight white dudes. Yeah, yay. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of industry, y'all talked a lot last episode about how you got started, but I was wondering what sort of games media you all consumed growing up. For instance, I never subscribed to any gaming magazines, but I did listen to a lot of podcasts. When I was a teenager, I loaded up my Zune with the giant bombcast, One Up Yours, The One Up Show, Sarcastic Gamer, several IGN podcasts, and a few others that I can't even remember the names of. As a follow-up question, what are some of your favorite podcasts? Thanks for all you do, Joe from Texas. So that's broken up into two questions. What's your favorite gaming media that's not like what- As a kid. As yeah, a kid. Yeah. When, when you were younger. And, and then, then what podcasts generally do you like? Tamor, do you want to kick us off? Do you want to start this? Uh, yeah. So when I was younger, I grew up um, reading magazines pre-internet era. I grew up reading uh, official PlayStation magazine, CVG, computer and video games, Games Master, PC Zone, those kind of like very British magazines. Um, those were great. When I f- got the internet, I said this before, the first website I went to was gamespot.com um, because I'd heard about it through friends and that kind of stuff. I had internet before. So that's why it's always been a lifelong dream for me to work here and it's why I ended up here and, and still work here. Um, <laughs> right. But yeah, so those, but I, I also like, I spent a lot of time in the one-up world as well. Um, so I you know, consumed so much of the content that they made. Like the one-up show was one of my favorite podcasts back then. I mean, I used to listen to that in the hotspot all the time. Um, I met a bunch of people that I went on to work with there, like like Justin oh, Haywald. <laughs> Justin Haywald, who would end up hiring me. Um, I mean, like met as in like I would see their work. Um, Peter Brown was there, who now I now work with. Um, Richard Lee was there, who now works with us here um there's a whole load of people and there's people who are now in the industry like shane bettenhausen mark mcdonald um cat bailey was there there were so many people like tina sanchez was there um mm. and i i've uh, she's like at, at respawn now and yeah. is like running point on apex legends and it's like so amazing to see people go in so many different directions but also like those are the people who influenced and inspired me Um, there's people at destructoid now like and people who are like in our orbit, like I used to watch Max Goville stuff. I used to watch, you know, various people at at uh, Destructoid, like mm. Hamza and and various other people as well, um, who I grew up writing, hoping that they would read my stuff and maybe give it a push. And now I'm around them, so I, I've definitely been on the circuit when it comes to that kind of stuff. And I, just, I watched and read a lot of IGN stuff as well back in the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't listen to a lot of podcasts when i was like, mm. like i i the the two sources of gaming news i had were game informer magazine which i got every month and nintendo power those, nice. are, those are the those are the two magazines i got every month and that was the most exciting moment of the month was in you know mm. 
those would come and I'd open it and see what I, what, yeah. what all's in there. And I don't think I actually really started listening to podcasts and stuff until I, man, probably until I was, I, I was in college cause we're going to, a job where I had nothing to do. So I just listened, right. to, listened to podcasts and I listened to a lot of IGN stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Like mostly the era when like Andrew Goldfarb, who was mentioned earlier and like Colin and Greg were doing yeah. beyond. I, I listened to a lot of beyond uh, podcast unlocked at the time. Um, another one that a lot of people didn't listen to, but I was pretty into is the games radar podcast with people like Hollander Cooper. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. I remember that. Uh, I, I thought, I thought they were so funny. Um, I don't know if they still do something. I know uh, a couple of them do. Henry Gilbert is still does a lot of podcasts. I love Henry Gilbert. I'm yeah. on his podcast now as a guest. Um, but I remember I loved their dynamic between like Henry Gilbert and Hollander Cooper. I thought they they were they were it's very just good. Such a lovely Wholesome. human being too. Yeah, yeah. My my current favorite before I pass it on. My current favorite podcast is a small podcast. It's called Into the Aether um a-e-t-h-e-r it's very low-key it's by a couple of dudes called Stephen hilger and brandon bigley i found brandon bigley through a terrace house podcast that he did, <laughs> did. so yeah. all all roads all terrace house roads lead to all roads lead to terrace house sorry um <laughs> but uh, yeah he uh, he mentions an uh, a podcast there called into the aether and it's a gaming podcast and it's really really nice and it's really really like relaxing and wholesome and it's one of those shows where I also listen to like a bunch of it. Like, I listen to Giant Bombcast, I listen to the Aftermath, I listen to like so many other gaming podcasts. But this is the one that I truly look forward to every week. And I kind of make a point of sitting down and getting a cup of tea out and like listening to these guys. They have a really good chemistry and they're really funny and they just are like, they get excited in a way about games that kids get excited almost. And mm. like, they love Nintendo Direct and. It's it's just really heartwarming to listen to. And I mean, for whatever reach we have, I highly recommend you guys go out there and listen to Into the Aether. Like I'd love to see them grow in a big way just because I'm I'm like I don't really know them. I follow them on Twitter and I think maybe they follow me, but like I've got no investment in like I'm in making them grow, but I would really love to see them get more attention because mm. I just really love that podcast. Mm. Salt. Did you finish? Uh, I mean, for the most part, I think the other thing, like podcasts I still listen to, I don't really listen to a lot of podcasts anymore, but I do watch uh, Red Letter Media's movie reviews, Half mm. in the Bag, which are more or less podcasts. I think those guys are hilarious, although sometimes they can be a little controversial, but they're 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 a lot of fun. Um, Slash Filmcast, too, is another one that I spent a lot of time listening to, just movie stuff. Mm-hmm. That's all I got. Kurt? Kurt or Callie? Kelly, you're up. All right. Um, yeah, I uh, like I said earlier on the show. Actually, I, I didn't really um, like my introduction to like the the jobs in the game and in, games industry was definitely like guides, walkthrough content, FAQs. So I was on Game Facts all the time. You mean both? Yeah, I was on it constantly. Um, I was super interested in writing my own guides, um, but of course, like. I just wanted to do it for fun. It was for games that already had guys that were out already. But I was, you know, I was really into like Harvest Moon. And I, you know, like. Harvest Moon. Thank you, Jake. <laughs> yes, good reference. We're going to keep that reference going every episode. Um, 
Yeah, and like I would buy like the Prima strategy guide for a lot of games that I played. I was just super into it. Like I loved reading. I had um, the Animal Crossing Wild World guide and I read it back to front like several times because there's just like little, I loved reading all those little details. I would find errors in some of these guides, <laughs> which uh, explains a lot about what I do now in my job. Um, I, yes, yeah, so like I was just really into, uh, one of my favorites actually was um, Pyro Falcon, I think is his, his handle, would do Sims guides for IGN. And his Sim guides had like stories. They were brilliantly written. I loved them. Like he, he I'd was- i like see some of those. He was exceptional. Like basically his uh, Sims 3 guide was like, here's my two characters and like I'm going to do this guide but walking you through like the story of my two characters it was brilliant um so I was just really into that kind of like analytical content um as for podcasts like um I really got more into IGN when I was in college um and I was especially like really uh excited about Audrey Drake Mm -hmm. who was on Nintendo voice chat at IGN um, was the Nintendo editor or one of the Nintendo editors over there. And I just hadn't really hear, heard a lot of women in in the industry. And so I was really excited that Audrey was on that podcast and such a, an important voice at IGN. Um, and so I was really into that. And also, yeah, it's it's kind of surreal that like I had listened to Beyond and now like Andrew Goldfarb is one of my best friends in the world. So mm-hmm. like that's and such like, a cool thing. Spoilers, Greg Miller will be here next week too, <laughs> on the podcast. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And Good lad. Yeah, so it's really cool that like, yeah, like I I had listened to Andrew like like I knew him as the Dark Knight of News, and then like now I know him as the the Pokemon Go loving dork that he is, you know. So um, he's the Persona dork in my phone. Really? Yeah, I've got him down as Persona dork. I, I have him in as Andrew Goldfarb. <laughs> That's boring. I have uh, my like pro like the image for him in my phone is a picture i took of him at a pokemon go event where there somebody from the event is taking a photo of him posing with a (laughs) snorlax but i just have a picture of him posing with nothing um yeah so um i don't really listen to a lot of gaming podcasts and stuff now just because i yeah you know i do it for work so my gaming podcast is just going to work every day but um i do really like true crime Uh, i really like my favorite murder (laughs) Um, which is is a, an acquired taste. I think it's not for everybody. It's two like valley girls talking about um, true crime, and that speaks to me as somebody who talks like that and um, likes true crime and who likes yeah. true crime. And then you, you would know, love like, true fiction. <laughs> oh, Ooh, nice I, plug. Yeah, I've seen a couple episodes. It's very good. Yeah. Um. So I'm very excited for true fiction. Um. And then yeah, like uh. I got really into cereal like everybody else did. I don't know. Mm. <laughs> Callie and I are, along with Lucy, where they're very into true crime. Yeah. So I went to a live last podcast last on podcast, the left. Like, I feel like we should quickly just shout out last podcast on the left because we love that. Yeah, we yeah. We love that podcast. Um, and also there's another one called Case File, which I yeah. really like. Super good. Um, I've heard Case File. Yeah, real mm. good. Yeah, that's that's. I was mentioning earlier, I don't really get a lot of time for podcasts. Oh. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I forgot about a podcast that I was really into for a really long time, which was Hello for the Ma- from the Magic Tavern, <laughs> which is a, basically a and d style podcast where they all have a character. And it's the idea is like the host of the podcast got transported to this magical world. Ooh. And like the other two people are like a wizard and like a shapeshifter. And they just do they have this ongoing world building that they do. I really like Dude, I'm Hello from the Magic amazing. Tavern. I love that. Yeah. 
Um, so that one's fun too. And I listened to that for a very long time. Yeah. Kurt. Cool, Kurt. Let's hear Hi. it, Kurt. I don't, I don't watch things. That's not true. <laughs> uh, for me, it was, I grew up, Game Informer was huge for me growing up. And I would read those cover to cover and I was super mm-hmm. excited. And I knew all the names of everyone who worked in those and like, mm-hmm. um, and obsessed over them. And then, I mean, for me, it was like X-Play, Morgan Webb and Adam oh, yeah. Sessler oh, were shit. massive yeah. for I me. watched a ton of X-Play. Shit, yeah. <laughs> shit, yeah. I remember watching their Gears of War review too. <laughs> uh, both Morgan Webb and Adam Sessler were massive for me. And I think it was something maybe not as, I was as like conscious of, mm-hmm. of the impact they would both have on me and kind of the, the route that I would end up taking later on. But I admired... I still admire X Play uh, tremendously. And oh yeah, totally. I, and I mm. and I even before, even right as I got this job, which really isn't that long ago, I started rewatching X Play to just kind of refuel my mind of like, what was it that I loved? Like, what was it that got me into this kind of this 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 form of medium talking about mm. games? And going off that, I mean, I followed Adam Sessler into Rev Three. Rest I was in about peace. to ask you if you, if you watch Rev Three, and that's how I was. Chastity used to work there. Oh, really? Mm. That's how yeah. I was introduced to Max Goldville, uh, and and watched a bit of that. And you know, Adam he's Sessler's my still, roommate, <laughs> which is insane to me. Yeah, I mean, just for me, like I'm still I'm still a baby, and I'm still new to this world and this community and this industry. Um, so I would, and even then, like I. <laughs> Jinx. I used to watch Jinx. Yeah, and that's how I knew Lucy James. Mm-hmm. And uh, whoa, what the hell happened there? I mean, <laughs> it's just because she is my boss and uh, hired me, and that's absurd. Because I, during the interview process, she and Alana Pierce were the two when they were like, "Who are the hosts that you really respect?" And I was like, "Well, this is a little weird, but uh, you, <laughs> Lucy James, uh, and Alana Pierce was huge for yeah. me." So. Also was once my roommate. Holy shnikes. Yeah. Also very good. Mm-hmm. Um, did you actually, weren't you in a bully? What, did you play bully with her in a video? In a YouTube video? Yeah, a lot of I got drunk and played bully. Yes, like, I remember that. Yeah. And I think that was yeah. my introduction to you. Yeah. Um, so. What was your introduction to me, Kurt? <laughs> to be completely honest. I'm just kidding. I'm just no, kidding. I'm the Mass Effect series that you did for GameSpot.com? <laughs> I think there is there is a connection. I remember watching something, maybe one of the video essays you did, but um, it's the most effective. I'm telling you, it's the yeah, most. A, a lot of people have been saddest party on the Citadel was a work of art. Yeah, <laughs> that was good. But what uh, about what about Dirty Artie? Dirty Artie, Ooh, but that was, oh. you were you were there for some of that. No, though, right? I mean no? Tor- no, I think I think Dirty Artie I got think... dirty canceled before Kurt. I got. Yeah, maybe, I think yeah. I was here for maybe the last episode or so when it aired mm. or went on. However, you, but I've been following Tam for ages too. Just around the road, yes. like walking directly yeah. behind me. Damn! Remember when you revealed that you listened to Anime Club? IGN Anime Club was again one of my. It's probably still my favorite anime podcast. I don't think there's any. Me, good that was me. That, that was you. Yeah, anime. Miranda. Yeah. So, so many other people in that podcast. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. It's bizarre. So, but you know, like it really started with Game Informer. I don't unfortunately really listen to podcasts and I really haven't given myself the time through the years to. And especially now, um, I spent the past two and a half years uh, just thrusting myself to the, is into, Ooh. yes. Into, Damn. <laughs> yes. I've just been <laughs> thrusting over the past <laughs> just been thrusting years. for years. But I've, uh, I really have, unfortunately, you know, I, I only listen to podcasts in very quick drives. And in between that time, I'm trying to consume as much media as possible, whether it's TV shows and I didn't movies mention, and video games. And 
my brother, my brother, and me. Ooh, oh, yeah. yeah, that that's a good one. I have none. I have sadly never listened to it, and it's been suggested to me candidly by people who have it's, no idea it's, what it's my too interests funny. are. It's, over yeah. and over. It's and also over like funny. It's like the One Piece of podcasts where they've got like nine hundred episodes. Way too many episodes. It yeah. is the One Piece of podcasts. But yeah, that's about it. I mean, for me, it started. I think you know, vividly is magazines like Game Informer, mm-hmm. PC Gamer. Uh, looking at PlayStation Magazine and just being like, what had the demo disc? And like, that was kind of what got me in to reading them. But uh, yeah, X-Play is a huge, like one of the biggest roots that I can pinpoint. I was like, that was a thing that I designated time out of my life. Like I would run home from school mm-hmm. to go to G4 TV and watch X-Play. Yeah, I, I'm bummed I didn't even mention that either because I remember during E3, I, that was all I did all yes. day was watch G4 because yeah. I knew it was just E3 coverage and it was, mm-hmm. you know, Adam Sessler, Morgan Webb and all of them. Uh, one other podcast I want to shout out is the OK Beast podcast, which I've been listening to recently uh, because I met Blessing at PAX. I think he's going to be on the episode or he's going to be on next week's episode as well, but they do some great stuff as well. Yeah. Um, we have been going for a while and we still have... Quite a few questions left. Are you guys down to keep going or do you want to? I could keep going. I had two beers. I'm good. I could do one more question. high on life. It's more than one. (laughs) All right. Let's do it. Uh, Tamor, do you want to read the next one then? Hey, y'all. Love GameSpot and love the podcast. I'm just going to get straight to it. Is it just me or is Control as amazing as it is because it doesn't have a click thumbstick to scan area feature? Like, it's a AAA game. It looks great. It has a creepy. It has an incredible story. It's sort of open world like. It has a. It has all the makings of a game that should have a scan the environment command. Not to mention, uh, it seems like it would have the perfect excuse for coming up with some kind of extra dimensional reason why Jesse would be able to scan the environment, but it doesn't, and I love it. It makes me so happy. Of some of the more prominent gamey game tropes explained slash unexplained environment scan propaganda announcement from the bad guy after finishing a mission are there any that you could do without are there any that you actually like that is from nicholas that's a very good question yeah. i was thinking about mm-hmm. this a lot today uh yeah that was a thing i'm very tired of in games where it's like click the stick and then you can scan it and see what's what's up what's going on around here what are mm. your points of interest and i and i get why those are in games and i get why because it it, it it points you in the right direction and all, but I get tired of it. I, I feel like in The Last of Us, like The Last of Us was the last time where I felt like, oh yeah, I really like this. Because you so had the like- I sign- never used that in Last of Us. What? I played the entire game think without using I... that sense. And, and so and it, it made, because I did the hardest difficulty and made it much easier because I didn't use that originally. But someone pointed out, I think it was on Reddit or something I saw that it was like, Joel is just kind of a clicker with this ability. Like That's he, a good point, actually. Yeah, Love yeah. that. Love that. Yeah. But like, so like Horizon Zero Dawn had it. Days Gone had it. Like, mm-hmm. I haven't I, played either one of those. Well. <laughs> Horizon Zero Dawn's good. I actually didn't play Days, Days Gone, so I don't know. I smell a nest. <laughs> um, so... Yeah, like I, I think it's kind of an overused trope. It's used a lot with people who are skilled in hunting. Hmm. You know, like a lot of games, it's like, oh, this person's a hunter, therefore yeah, yeah. we have to highlight the tracks, which I appreciate because, like, I know jack shit about hunting, and um, I don't care to know any more about hunting than I already do. 
And so when I'm playing games, it's like, okay, yeah, I'll follow the tracks. But like, like in The Last of Us, I felt like, okay, you, like Joel's taking the time to listen. And that was a mechanic in like taking a pause. Whereas in something like Days Gone, you kind of like can slow down, and, you know, it, it was used very sparingly in, in a very mm. odd way in Days Gone. And it was just kind of like, all right, like use it a little bit to see where these tracks go and then it doesn't really do anything. And that just kind of felt like, well, I might as well just be able to look and see footprints in the right. environment. Um, so I think there's applications that are really good. And I, I do like that about control. I like that in control, I have to physically look around and look at signs. Yeah. And yeah, it's because the map isn't very good. But like in control, it's like I, I look and I'm like, okay, mail room is this way. That's how I would navigate a building myself. Yeah. You know, like that's how you do shit in real life. That was, so. Yeah, I would agree like with control specifically. So I don't, I can't really, I don't know how much I can relate to this this question because I I personally have not, I guess I haven't played a lot of games recently that have had this feature. Like mm-hmm. I think about like how The Witcher 3 it was a big deal. Like, yeah, which well, that's is... because Geralt is really talented and brilliant and sexy, and he can um, sense anything around yes. him. Yes. Sex appeal merits you to read tracks. That's exactly The how tracks it to your femme fatale. It's, yeah. it's his pheromones. And, and for the record, Yennefer is also very sexy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she can do whatever she wants. Uh, I, mean, I personally think Roach is really sexy. Happy bye week, everyone. <laughs> Anyways. Happy bye week, everyone. Mm-hmm. Happy Roach week. It's my week. <laughs> Roach week, every- Roach week everyone. <laughs> the other game that comes to mind is like Dead Space. Like I remember that was a big deal. Like that was one of the first games I remember where you like shoot this beam and it just like shows you where to what go. What a game. What a game. What a game. What a game. But control is one of those things where like, yeah, the map is frustrating. But once you actually take the time to look at the signs, it really becomes like quite intuitive to find I mean there's still situations where it's like you need to go to this area and you take the sign there and you're like this area is multi-layered and there's a bit underneath where where, where am I going here but I'm but glad they don't have the I, the I, I, pre- I appreciate the sign way yeah. more but. I'm the kind of person that's like that's kind of the point though mm. like <laughs> you know control like the point is that that building is shifting all the time yeah. and that you you're, you're meant to feel a little discombobulated going through that building. I had the same feeling with with Red Dead where like the frustrations some people had with Red Dead 2 in particular, I was like, no, but that created the feeling in me Mm. that I was meant to feel. And now, you know, like I I get a little too like up in the clouds with it, but that's how I feel about control. Like I want to feel a little lost. Like I like feeling a little lost and I like approaching a room and being like, this doesn't make any sense. Why is this laid out this way? Um. And yeah, I do appreciate that, you know, Jesse has a lot of, you know, supernatural, preternatural abilities, Mm. but navigating space is not one of them. And and that makes sense in the context of the game. I I think for the most part, I was in the same situation, but it was just those situations where it's like, also, there's these three guys shooting rockets at you that somehow curve around corners occasionally. And then you chuck a trash yeah. can at them. That's yeah. all you got to do. It is. But it's just Love like that. those situations where I was like, I'd just like to know where I'm supposed to be going at this point. <laughs> and then I'd be like, I'll just kill all these enemies and then I'll figure it out. It'd be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, so are there any tropes that you guys like? I, one thing I really like currently um, in Fire Emblem, when you complete a quest, a side quest, it just says you've completed it and the person pops up and is like, cheers, thanks for doing that. that. Instead of being like, go all the way back to this yes. person for them to go, thanks. 
and moving on. <laughs> like, if you're making me go back to a character to turn in a quest, that character better have something good to say or there better be an amazing reward. Like, mm-hmm. I'm playing through, I was playing through before I moved over to this, uh, San Francisco, I was playing through A Realm Reborn, the Final Fantasy, because I hear once you get past that slog, it's an incredible MMO experience. But A Realm Reborn is literally the most menial tasks and every time you do something and then bring it back to someone, it's just the most boring flavor text and you get a rubbish reward for it. So I really appreciate when you complete a quest and it just pops up yes, and it's like, you've like done you it. Did it, well done, move mm-hmm. on with your life. I think the trope I'm tired of would be um, mental illness handled in a weird way. Um, reading about Blair Witch, the recent Blair Witch mm. game, I haven't played it. So for the record, I haven't played it, so I can't speak to it. In a, in a super, you know, from a place of experience. But reading about that game, it was like, oh, you know, you succumb to panic attacks the longer you're not around your dog. The dog companion sounds dope. Love that. Yep. Bullet. Never get tired of a dog companion. But um, the sanity meter kind of sense of it. There's no, there's no actual meter in Blair Witch. But the longer you're away from your dog, the more you succumb to the insanity. And sanity meters in particular bother me just from a sense of like not really a meter. Well, I mean, like I, I, I've lived with anxiety basically my whole life. I had pretty much, I would have like three to four panic attacks a week um, for years. And the when I finally went to a doctor, the doctor was like, "I don't know how you did that. Like, I don't know how you lived that long with that level of panic attack." But like. I still lived my life and I still went to school and I went, you know, I, you know, I got decent grades and like, so the idea of a sanity meter is just very reductive to me because it's like, I deal with anxiety in my day to day to life, but I like, it's just, that's just such a simplification. Uh, and I understand that games are abstractions and that you need to, you know, simplify certain things, but it, it does irritate me. It gives me pause. Um, the trope that I, I love though is, uh, badass woman and the man is in awe of her his wonderful amazing wife never get tired of that trip yeah that's what i have to say kurt got anything i don't i feel kind of silly around this one because i i'm thinking of games i played recently and i unfortunately didn't really get the process this question but i I don't know there's like it's there's there might be I really like what Tam said about quest completion because I am playing through Fire Emblem and there is something about that game that's for some reason more satisfying to me than say a game like Persona right now. So like, I started Persona and Fire Emblem at the same time, which I know is like a huge... Yeah, that boggled my mind, Kurt. Yeah, it was, yeah, you know, it was, I just, the one was cheap, which was Persona. And I was like, I need to play this game. And then Fire Emblem came out and I was like, ah, I think I want to play this. Um, but I think in the first 10 hours, I put about 15 hours in the Fire Emblem and, um, and about 10 hours in the Persona. And I'm way more, I feel like I'm way more captivated by Fire Emblem than for some reason in How terms of you. its reward. Um, I love Fire Emblem Three Houses. So, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I There's an, it's it's kind of tough for me because like I, I take games as like this whole encompassing thing, like this, the, the game that I'm playing. And I kind of just, it's hard for me to sp- point out specific tropes within them um but i've actually had a pretty good time with the games i've been playing recently so it's like control is mm-hmm. a great example i really loved resident evil 2 this year and i like oh so good and some of those tropes like that may have been frustrating maybe at the time or over the time i feel like 
kind of what Callie said, it like adds so much to the experience you're having with that game and which in a way is like our setbacks. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, maybe it's, maybe I'm just choosing the right games this year. Maybe you just have impeccable taste. Maybe like that's I'm, just it. Yeah, maybe I'm just having a good time. Yeah. And that's it. I guess my answer for this question is uh, I'm, I, I played the, the, the Dragon Quest Eleven demo and that is just trope after trope in a very good way. Like they just, like, like not tropes in a bad way, but it is just a J ass RPG. Yeah. Well, anime god, I see that's called. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, and, and you can look at that game one way, right? Like that game is just JRPG trope after JRPG trope, but it also does a lot of it handles all that stuff so well. So I guess that's my answer to the question. But I have two more questions that I want to get through before we wrap. Mm-hmm. Sorry, was Kurt. Was one of them the that's magic fine. one? No, so I'm going to hold off on that. I want to oh, like talk because someone asked about Link's Awakening and mm-hmm. someone asked about Sayonara. Uh, what is it? Sayonara Wild Hearts? Mm-hmm. Sayonara. I, I want to do those this week because they make most sense. Okay. Uh, anyway, I guess I will read the next one. Hey, everyone. I hope all is well. I've been following many of you guys for years, and I'm so glad to have a greater insight onto your thoughts each week with the podcast. I was talking to a friend of mine whose first Zelda game was Breath of the Wild. He's now into he's now into the Zelda franchise, and he's been playing through A Link to the Past on Nintendo Online, and we'll be picking up Link's Awakening later this week. Do you think we'll start to see more companies giving their old IPs uh, the Link's Awakening treatment to give them new life? And do you think projects like this or the HD remake of or or, or an HD remake is a good move to help fund future projects with existing IPs? Fingers crossed to see Mass Effect rise from the ashes someday. <laughs> Thank you for your time, Lance. Thanks, Lance. Um, I think we're already kind of see. I mean, I guess it depends. Like that, the 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 kind of facelift that this new Link's Awakening is getting. Um, yeah, I I don't think because we've seen Crash Bandicoot and Spyro and now Medieval coming, Final Fantasy Seven. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, Final Fantasy VII. That's a good one. I was going to say that I don't think... I mean, even like, let's go Pikachu and Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, reading Peter's review of um, uh, Link's Awakening reminded me a lot of my thoughts, how I felt when playing through Let's Go uh, Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, I'm with you, Lance. Like, I want that Mass Effect remaster really bad. I want a KOTOR remaster. Yes. So badly because that game looks like ass now. Yes. Sorry. It really just the visuals do not hold up and I want to replay that game and I can't. Um it's it's just a lot. I so mean, yeah, I would say like I mean, just to go back to, even to Resident Evil 2, I think that's a good example, you know. Well that that was fantastic. Yes. Yeah. I mean that's but that is a full on remake that also takes some of those tropes and you know, modernizes them without tarnishing them. Mm. And Link's Awakening sounds I haven't played it, of course, but that sounds like from what you guys say is like almost exactly what the original was, but just with a different skin, you know, like a very Mm -hmm. good, very amazing art style put over it. I think this, I mean, we're going to be this, we're at a time in the industry and the time in the, uh, the history of games that we're going to start seeing it. And this is what happened with cinema of seeing, you know, I mean, even in the early days of cinema, the 1940s movies were being remade. Yeah, even just a few years made later. King Kong. Like, yes, I mean yeah. even just like, but you would even have a movie made in 1940 and then it remade again in 1944 and then made again mm-hmm. in 1970 and then so on. So I think we're just going to see this is the natural lapse of how this this medium is going to go, and we're in the the right time period. We're in a we're starting to have a good grasp on what makes a good and what makes a bad video game. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just it's yeah, it's absolutely going to 
this is what we're going to see. We're going to be seeing this. We're going to yeah. see Final Fantasy VII and Resident Evil Two, and we're going to see Link's Awakening, and uh, it's just going to introduce older titles. I hope to God we see a Kotor uh, remake, and mm. yeah, I think it's well. We are fast approaching the season of HD remasters and yes. remakes because the new Dead consoles space. are going to come out, and I Dead feel like. Space. Yeah, I know. That'd be great. But oh. I feel like whenever new consoles come out, it's like, hey, remember these games yep. you may have missed or played two years ago? Here they are. You, yeah. can, you can now give them a shot, which is great because a lot of those games people miss. Uh, and like he's saying, like maybe these these are easy ways for them to fund interesting new projects. Uh, but at the same time, I think the big problem I have is when you see an HD remaster and it's just it's yeah. like the same I like it. Did we really need this? Like, I like Sleeping Dogs is a game I love. I think that game is fantastic. Mm -hmm. But when they came out with that remaster, I was like, "Eh, I don't, I I don't need this. I think it was good because a lot of people missed that game. They slept on that game. Wow. Wow. Uh, but but it's also just like, all right, like cool. I hope this means we'll get a Sleeping Dogs too. Absolutely not. (laughs) Yeah. All all I want is a Soul Reaver remake. It's all oh my god please yes give, yes give who that do the i need to treatment. throttle for a soul reaver remake i will amy do Hennig, it what are you doing amy is amy i mean I, she's doing her own thing now yeah I, I mean like i i would want a developer to come at it from fresh eyes but like just take the it's the nosgoff as a well that yes. is just so fully formed and there and ready to be mined for like really interesting stories like legacy of Cain, Cain and Raziel and the clans and this this like it's just this massive untapped potential of storytelling that no one is looking at. Currently. And I think that game Square Enix was, is just yeah. sitting on it and doing <laughs> nothing. I'm just like Kill Final Fantasy <laughs> and give me Soul Reaver. That's all I want. I I just want to give a shout out to the remakes that capture what you imagined the game to be when you yeah. first played it. So like I mean Resident Evil 2 remake. Well, I was going to say Resident Evil 2 remake, Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee. Like yeah. that's what the Pokémon world looked like to me when I was a kid. Yeah. Or, or even know, uh Link's Awakening. That's what I was going to say. Is even Link's Awakening like capturing what that wonder was like and like they think the toy like uh aesthetic of Link's Awakening gives off that like childlike wonder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really, I do really appreciate, like, I think there's two types, right? There's the kind that recaptures what you're, you imagined. And then there's the type that like, that's not even, this is more than I expected or more than it could have been at the time. Or like, we finally achieved what this could have been. Um, so yeah. Kurt or Tamor, which one of you guys want to read? The very last question Kurt, on the outline. Kurt can read. Ooh. What oh, yeah, is Kurt the very last one? Yet. The very last the one? The very last one it, uh, is Hi, from Game Luis. Mm-hmm. Yep. Hi, GameSpot crew. My name is Luis. Longtime listener, first-time writer. With the end of 2019 quickly approaching, I was curious to hear what your most anticipated games are so far, both AAA and indie alike. Aside from the usual candidates like Last of Us 2 and Breath of the Wild 2, I'm incredibly eager to get my hands on Saranoa, Ser- Sayonara sorry, Wild Hearts. I played a bit at E3 this year, and something about the mix of pop music with themes of heartbreak has me hooked. I'd love to hear any secret gems you might be excited for. Keep up that great work. 
I am very excited for Mineko's Night Market, which is a game that's kind of like Animal Crossing expired, but you're a cat and there's markets. I'm also really excited for Ooh Blitz. Ooh Blitz. Oh my. I was going to say Overland. As a, I'm, very I'm very excited, excited for, for Overland. Overland. Untitled Goose Game. Yes. <laughs> Untitled Goose Game. Yeah, absolutely. Hilarious. Yeah, I also am excited for What the Golf. That game is <laughs> what the I, golf looks. I played that phenomenal. at E3 too, two yes. years ago, yeah. I think. I and played it, it is, at GDC or something. I've brought it yeah. up a couple times, like like being like, man, remember that game we saw? What the? Golf? Well, there's like <laughs> a there's a super hot level in that yeah. game, where it's like super. Oh golf. Yes. Super yes. Yeah. <laughs> and and it gets to the point where you're like, you you ready your swing and you your character just flies instead yes. and you have to get him across. It, it 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 looks like a lot of fun it's just like they made a golf game and they were like what if we broke everything about golf games yeah. <laughs> i want the conclusion to kentucky route zero Ooh. so 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 uh, okay. bad um act five and i don't even know if they've confirmed if that's coming out this year or not but it's been in process it's been in development for what seems like ages and that it's coming to the Switch, which is something I'm super pumped about. Um, yeah. Do you have you guys played that game? Do you Mm-mm. know that game? Yeah, yeah. No, I know I've about it. I haven't about played it. it. Uh, I played it. It's great. Yeah. Do you want the, the ninja ooh, after party? <laughs> I'm really excited for after party. Oh, from the right. creators of Oxenfree. Yes. Yes. Um, I'm gonna be incredibly predictable and say Elden Ring. Oh, I thought you were just stranding. <laughs> Uh, Death Stranding as well. Elden Ring, Death Stranding, and whatever Rocksteady is working on. Yeah, I'm going to say Outer Worlds too. Yeah, that was uh, on the tip of my tongue I'm too. I'm very excited for that game. I I think it it's so fascinating that they could, like no one's tried to do the Bethesda formula really, or no one's done it that well, and the only people who possibly could are the people, the people who've who made. created it. Yeah, exactly. Know? So I, I'm so excited to, to play that I'm game. I'm super excited for that game. And then... um. Oh, and then also uh, Lucy showed me today Disco Elysium. Yeah, it looks real good. I didn't know about that game till today, but the moment I saw it, I was like, "This is infinitely something I need to play." Like between like this this like dishonored looking art style to it being like a detective RPG that has yeah. like kind of I ugh, 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 ugh. I'm excited about that game. It comes out soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. thank you, Luis, for sending that in. Yes. Uh, Make sure to subscribe to his channel, actually. He's got a pretty big YouTube channel. I clicked in to see uh, what was up with it. Is he? Yeah. Shout out to Luis with his yeah. big to YouTube Luis. channel. Yeah. Um, but anyway, thank you all so much for joining me. It was a lot of fun. Mm. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. And thank you guys for listening. Make sure to come back next week because we have a special episode. Greg Miller and Blessing from the OK Beast podcast, which I mentioned before. Is, are, they both are going to join us. And we might have some other cool things to talk about at the time, but we can't get into that yet. Uh, and, of course, if you have any questions, make sure to email GameSpot after, no, after dark podcast at GameSpot.com for your questions. We didn't get through all of them today, but my promise is that we will get through them eventually. Tomorrow, where can people find you? What are you working on? I am working on a variety of things, including something that... Um, Kurt, I'll leave the plug to Kurt. Um, that's the major thing coming up this Tam's weekend. Been a big help. Um, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Tomor H. Um, yeah. I'm Kurt Indovina, and it was a huge pleasure to be on this podcast for the first time. Thank you all so much for having me. Mm-hmm. I'm working on or uh, hosting and writing a show, and Tam has been a huge help on that. The script consultant, as the credit mm-hmm. would say, uh, for the show True Fiction which is a big show we're putting a lot of effort and a lot of resources and time into. 
which will be premiering this Sunday, September 22nd at 10 a.m. Pacific time on uh, the GameSpot Universe YouTube channel. So if you're into the twisted, real, dark truths behind some of the culture and fiction that you love, well, we're going to go a little deeper. Yeah. And get a little weirder about it. It's, it's very good. I'm not saying that just because I've been working on it with you for <laughs> when what I was, feels when like I was, 10 uh, years. When I was brought on and I was... Uh, the first episode we're working on, I'll spoil it for a second, but the first episode is on Twin Peaks, mm -hmm. something near and dear to me, uh, and the real murder that inspired it. Love that. Mm -hmm. when, I was, uh, when I was talking to Richard Lee, who's been a huge part of this entire process, I was like, so what's the most uh, complicated show uh, you've ever made here at GameSpot? And he's like, this one. Wow. <laughs> he's like, this is, the, yeah. this is the most work we've ever put into a show. So yeah. uh, I can't wait. So yeah. And please watch it. You can follow me, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, in the whispers of the internet, at Kurt underscore Indovina. That is me. Nice, Callie. I'm do Callie. The song. Do the song. I will. Don't worry. Yes. I um I'm the reviews editor here at Gamespot. So a lot of things I work on um are editing the reviews that we put up. Um, so we got a lot coming up. I mean this. Mm. This has been a pretty intense month for me, and it's really not slowing down. A lot of big games coming out soon, um, including, you know, Link's Awakening. That was something we worked on. Actually, that was like the least work I had to do because Peter Brown wrote that review, and he's the uh, previous reviews editor, so I really don't have to worry about that too much. But anyway, um, so I'm working on a lot of stuff like that. I wrote the Sayonara Wild Hearts review. At least I hope I wrote it by the time this podcast goes up. <laughs> And uh, yeah, you can follow me everywhere at Inkydojiko, I-N-K-Y-D-O-J-I-K-K-O. That's me. It means I'm klutz. Holy shnikes. <laughs> that was good. Yes. I've been right. doing that for years. See y'all next week. Whoa.